All right, is the microphone live? Mike, do you hear me? Okay. Somebody's got to take a picture of Mike. It's up on the Instagram. What's the Instagram dudio? Best show for life. Number four. Best show, number four life, Instagram. The picture of Mike. Some listener. Some listener sent him a cowboy hat. So he's living out this version of himself as a as a cowboy. Check that out. Enough of that, though. My friends, I want to tell you that tonight, the best show is back on Tuesday nights. We're here, live, three hours of mirth, music, and mayhem. And we have a, it's a, 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 a veritable bounty of greatness coming toward you. Who's on the show tonight? Oh, uh, I don't know. Just Gail Bennington and Lance Bangs and Claire O'Kane and eight. Well, okay. Best show, everybody. Sorry, Mike. Look, Mike. Mike, you know I love you, right? Figured he'd say it back. He said I do. Best show on the air. Keep it locked in. like that oh i'm not happy with that 
That's what happens when you make mixes off of a laptop because the CD doesn't play correctly. And that's where you end up. Hold it together, Tom. It's too early to quit. Got so many people listening tonight. They're here for you, Tom. Lean on them. Oh, what did we just hear? Destroyer! That's right. Destroyer. All-time favorites. That dude. Dan Behar. The very modern dance from Streethawk, colon, A Seduction. And that's on Merge Records. You can't go wrong with that. All right, guys. Best show's here. Phone number 201-3323484. How's this sound, Mike? And again, Mike is wearing a cowboy hat tonight. I don't want, I don't want to, to, to just uh, minimize that, the impact. I walk out to see him because with Mike, it's a constant thing with him. Are you okay, Mike? You having fun tonight, Mike? Is the Coors Lake cold? Mike, is it too cold, Mike? Are the Rocky Mountains blue on it, Mike? Are they too blue? It's like soothing the... But he, uh... He's wearing a cowboy hat tonight. That's some demented listener. Clearly... Playing a practical joke... On Mike. Uh, now he's actually wearing it. So the joke's on you. First things first. Thanks to everybody who uh, came out to see uh, Sharpling and Worcester live in Durham. I apologize to the guy who... I yelled, uh, at one point, a guy, I mentioned Jimmy Johns from the stage. Jimmy Johns, the, the disgusting sandwich chain that is overtaking America like a venereal disease of food, like a food, a foodborne, a foodborne venereal disease. And, uh, I mentioned Jimmy Johns and some excited young man screamed back Jimmy Johns and then I said that's what I said stupid and he uh think I might have hurt your feelings young man I understand you were super excited he told me afterwards he works at Jimmy Johns and he was just fired up to represent the companies a company man through and through God bless you. We need more company men like you. Guy some uh, guy making Jimmy Johns. He's proud to be there. He screamed it out. If anything, Jimmy Johns should realize that they've got this guy working there. Make him employee of the month or something. You know what I like about Jimmy Johns? All the uh, hilarious signs. You go into Jimmy John's, it's like when you're in like the, the turlet and then it's like filthy, like jokes about turlet stuff, like, like on how people would, uh, void their 
bodies of, as the British say, urine. Like, who makes that? Who? How does that get through when you're just like, hey, I have an idea for this place where people come and eat. My idea is what if the bathroom is just loaded with nonstop jokes about uh, going to the bathroom? Like signs. But then again, you look around Jimmy John to see the rest of that signage. Holy moly. That's tame. It's like a... Uh, it's like a Spencer Gifts threw, threw up on uh, one of those successory chains. Remember that? So yeah, I'd like to apologize to that young man. I want to thank everybody who came out. It was a fun show. It's the last time we're doing that live show. We'll work on a new one. We'll be back. But that show is on ice now. File it next to all those classic, the Rolling Thunder Review, the... The, 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 the time when Dinosaur Jr. was eight people. Remember that? When, no, what was it? Gum, Gumball was the thing, and I saw them, and then Thurston Moore and Jay Maskus were in it. Put it next to those two things. Boy, do we have an exciting show for you tonight. Oh, that's a good question. Somebody on Twitter asked. Jimmy John versus Papa John. Boy, that would be a good fight. These two guys. Maybe they could fight over who they could ki- kill. Like, like, what if they just took like a normal, healthy, like 25-year-old and then just fed them and then could see what would happen to them when they eat their... Their, their trash food, right? Eat a delicious Papa John pizza, the with the the, 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 the the sausage crust or whatever he's got, versus a Jimmy John's, which is everybody knows the best sandwiches are are the ones that you order and then forty seconds later they're ready for you to eat. Those are the best sandwiches, right? They taste the best. Flavor is top priority. It was good here, Mike. Line one. Best show. Hello? Hi. Are you there? There you are. Welcome. What's that now? Oh, hi, Tom. I'm sorry. Uh, I want to invoke my right to say I'm nervous. Okay. You're nervous? Uh, that just, that, okay. Thank you for okay. invoking your right to say you're nervous. What's your name? Uh, Justin from Dallas. Justin, relax. You're on with Tom, your buddy. Take it easy. Uh, I ain't going to yell at you. 
What's going on in Dallas tonight? Uh, just getting ready for my night shift at the Seven uh, Eleven here. You work at a Seven Eleven? Yes, sir. What? What? Out from what to what? Uh, ten p.m. to seven a.m. And when you're working at a Seven Eleven. You know what's crazy about 7-Eleven now is that 7-Eleven is like, it's changing now. It's trying to be like a all one-stop everything. Yeah, they're really trying to do this kind of weird thing where they slip into, like, you know, the gamers. Like, they're trying to, you know, sell all, you know, like the prepaid cards for, like, World of Warcraft and stuff. Yeah. Well, look, you know what I say. It's all about ethics in, in uh, convenience store journalism. That's all I care about. Right? Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, it was about uh, ethics in uh, video game journalism. Really? What are you, what, what are you reading? Game, video game magazine or something? So do you cater? Do you cater to the when they come in and they're just like, I want a Mountain Dew Code Red and a copy of what? Call of Duty 8. Uh, I would, uh, I'd help them out, you know? All right, bro, you're out. I'm telling you this right now, Justin. You're out of the pocket of, uh, you, you, you cashed your chip in terms of the, uh, the nervousness. Now you're out on the high wire. Okay. I also want to point out that I purchased the Best Show box set today. Okay. I was the guy in the, uh, who tweeted at you about it today. I also noticed a weird thing that apparently people have been buying the box set with the Minions Blu-ray. That is the thing I cannot figure out. People have sent me that where Amazon.com, you went to go buy the Sharpling and Worcester box set, and it says to you, people who've bought this also bought, and the thing it recommends is the Minions Blu-ray. Yeah, it was it was really weird. I was... I guess I was expecting, you know, anything but that, you know, maybe a a copy of Roadhouse. Oh, look. Did you buy Minions also? Uh, no, no, I didn't. Sorry. You shouldn't. I'm the anti-Minion. It's ironic that, that I'm linked with this Minion movie on Amazon. I'm anti-Minion. You know why? It, it softens kids' minds and makes them... Uh, Makes them uh, slaves, gives them a, a like a lapdog mentality to serve the system. Yeah, put we their gotta, overalls on, right? Right. Look, I like that one. I like the up. one minion. That one minion, I like. What's his name? Kevin. He's all right. But the rest of these minions can all just pound sand, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Look, bro, you did all right. You did all right. Thanks, Tom. You have a grand evening. You too. Who's good, Mike? All right. Mike said, go to four. Best show. Who is this? Oh, it's you, Tom. It is I, and to whom am I speaking? You're on speakerphone now. Who am I talking to? Who's this? Holden? Yes, Holden. Oh, what's up, kid? Well, 
Considering this time, I have one thing I want to talk about. Considering what the what the who the what? I have I have one thing I want to talk about this time. Okay, and I want to talk to you about a couple things. Who goes first? Well, I'll go first. Okay. The Nick. Should I start watching that? Have you seen any of it, The Nick? No, but I think you should. No spoilers. Then you can tell me in. So I should start. Yeah. Okay, maybe I will. You have you have not seen it though. Yeah. Okay. But you can fill me in. I'll fill you in on the knee. I don't think that's going to be happening. So what's up, Chief? What do you want to talk about? Stickers. Well, what do you want to talk about? Well, what do you want to talk, you want to talk about? I'm Candy bars. I'm talking about a lot ice, of ways. ice cream set. cones. What's your favorite I'm ice cream? I'm talking about some um, uh, Lego sets and Legos. Ooh. Lego sets. And Lego. Yeah. Okay. Are you pro or anti-Lego? Let me see if I can guess. You hate Legos. Not wrong. Wrong. What? Wrong. You like them? <laughs> Who's that? Dad, dad, that dad, dad laughing in the background? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like. What's dad's name other than dad? Keith? What do you call him? What's dad's name? Doug. Doug. You ever call him Doug? You ever no, say? No, you just call him Dad. Okay. Well, try this once. On, look. Do this once yes. for Tom, and if you get punished, I'll I'll uh, I'll get you out of it. You say to him. So you, want you, Doug? you say to him. All right, shut up, Dad. Hi, Doug. You say no, no. You don't say hi, Doug. You say to him. You know, do you have a sippy cup? you have a sippy cup? Yeah, we have sippy cups. Okay, well, when you're drinking out of it, this is what you say to him. If, if it's empty, you say to him, Yo, Doug, this sippy cup ain't going to fill itself. Okay? Can you say that back to me? Let's practice it. Yo, Doug, the sippy cup ain't going to fill itself. There you go. And if you get in trouble... You let me know, and I'll get you out of it. Okay. For just that, though. Not for anything else. If you do other things, I don't want you blaming it on me. Okay. All right, there's your sister. So tell me more about this Lego kit. What is it? What did you get? Uh, the R2-D2 Lego kit? There's, um, I'm looking at Lego sets, and I'm looking at ones I have. And there's one, ones in the comic there I'm looking All right, at. Well, tell me which one you got. Name well, one. I got Obi-Wan Starfighter what? and Captain America. Captain America. And Captain America's vehicle with Red Skull. That's with Red got. Skull. And it's real small. Wait. Mm -hmm. All right. So what do you think about vinyl? Should I start? It's like four in now. It might be just be two. Maybe I just let it go. You know what I mean? I really, really think so. You think I should just let, I shouldn't even try, right? I really think you should. I should? You like vinyl? I I don't watch vinyl. Okay, well, maybe I'll, uh, maybe we can watch it and talk on the phone while it's on at the same time. What about that? Yeah. 
Okay. All right, bro. Thanks for the call. Go to bed. Mike? Uh, uh, tell uh, 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 Claire and Lance that they're on deck. Tell them that, Mike. All right? Tell you. This Mike. Can't. I can't anymore. I can't. He just makes it hard. I don't know what he wants. Does he want the show? Does he want me to leave? I think he just wants to run me out of here. It's like that. Remember that movie where Michael Keaton was like the landlord? Remember that movie where it was like the neighbor and he like just ran the, tried to run them out or something? Remember that? Is that what you're doing here? You're not trying to run me off my own show. What was it called again? Oh, of course it's one of your favorite movies. What, what a, what a loving endorsement of a movie. Mike says, it's one of my favorite movies. Is it? What's it called? Oh, uh, what? House on the Hill or something? Yeah. Yeah, I like that one movie with the, uh, that, uh, Terminator came back from space and then, uh, what's it called? Oh, I don't know, uh, Space Time Machine or something? No, Mike is, uh, he's talking about Pacific Heights, right? Well, you know what you should be talking about, Mike? It's Casper Mattresses. Obsessively engineered American-made mattresses at a shockingly fair price. And now you, the best show listener, can get $50 off any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash best show and use offer code best show. Now look, when it comes to sleeping, you spend a third of your life doing it. You do, not me. I sleep three hours a night. The wheels are uh, the wheels are coming off the car here. It will end up either in a ditch or a or a lake, a metaphorical lake. I spend two to three hours a night sleeping. To quote my friend Clifford, I don't sleep as much as one might think. But you, the eight-hour sleeper, make sure you're doing it on a good mattress. And Casper brings together two comfy technologies. For better nights and brighter days, latex foam and memory foam. Just the right sink, just the right bounce, no matter how you sleep. Free risk, free risk, risk-free, risk-free trial and return policy. They deliver the mattress to you, you try it for 100 days, and if you're not happy, they pick it back up. You go to a mattress store, maybe you got a minute to try them out, you're laying there, you got other people walking by staring at you as you're trying to see what it would be like if you were asleep on this thing. It's troubling at best. An experience I do not recommend. But with Casper, you actually get to sleep on that mattress. 500 for a twin mattress, twin size. 950 for a king size mattress. Outstanding price point by industry standards. So go get $50 toward any mattress by going on your computer. To Casper.com slash best show and use the code best show. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for sponsoring the best show, Casper Mattresses. And 
If that wasn't enough, I want to tell you all about what? Well, get ready. Sure, I closed the window. Can't tell you better right now. This is the thing. It's behind the curtain. It's like the... It's like Larry Sanders. Larry Sanders. Could you imagine that guy? That Gary Shandling. That bum. The bum. He was mean to me on Twitter. You bum. I ain't going nowhere, you bum. Your worst nightmare. Ain't going nowhere, you rubber face bum. <laughs> he did one thing. Don McLean a comedy. Larry Sanders. American Pie. He did American Pie. Larry Sanders is American Pie. That other show is Dreidel Song. Is that that song was called? He did a song, but he did Starry Starry Night. That's the other one. And the rest of it has been a whole lot of nothing. But I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about Squarespace. Get a load of this. Remember when Deadpool said that? Wait till you get a load of me. Listen to this. You try to build a website. It's hard, I know. I ain't got no technological aptitude with this stuff. I try to do a thing, and next thing you know, the computer's making sounds and flipping out, and I don't know what's going on, and then I'm begging someone to help me, and they're mad at me, and I'm sad. It just don't go well when you try to build a website. That's why you got Squarespace. They help you with the coding. Why? Because there's none of it. No coding required. Build a simple, powerful, and beautiful website that looks professionally designed regardless of skill level. They provide you with intuitive and easy-to-use tools to create your website. They've also got state-of-the-art technology powering that site to ensure security and stability. And you know you can trust in Squarespace for your website needs. Because millions of other people and some of the most respected brands in the world use Squarespace. Seriously. You cannot beat the ease and simplicity of Squarespace 24-7 online customer support. What are you waiting for? Start that trial with no credit card required. Start building that website today. When you sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use offer code BESTSHOW to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for The Best Show. We thank Squarespace for their support of The Best Show. Now you go do the same thing. Squarespace. They don't have a tagline anymore. So I'm going to say Squarespace. Get to it, brah. That's their new. Squarespace. Build that site, brah. Right? They'll probably jump on that. I'll probably get paid a ton of money for writing ad ad, ad copy for them. Squarespace. 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 Build that site, brah. What? The Squarespace computer is... Never taken a hit like this before with people signing up? 
Apparently, it's some hot new catchphrase. Everybody wants to do a website all of the sudden. What is this catchphrase? We looked into it. It's called, it said, uh, some dude said, uh, Squarespace. Build that site, bro. Mike? Please show uh, Lance and Claire to the studio. Can you do that for me? Right this way. Oh, God, this guy. You know what he does? He just, he makes it hard. I need help. I don't need him making it hard. So we've got that microphone. You can talk into that one, Claire, okay? And then we've got Lance Bangs here. You can talk into the mic. The studio is setting up for you. Cans help. The hat comes off. The cans go on. <laughs> when Lance Bangs takes that hat off, you know it's business, right? <laughs> you, you you wear a hat so well, Lance. It's to keep the hair out of my ass. Is that why? Yeah. It's active. I don't like hats. Like I'm, you know. You don't like them. You know what I? You know what I think you do like though? Directing. <laughs> you direct a million things, Lance Bangs. Clara Kane, we have so much to talk about. Oh man! You, yes, Mike. Yeah. Wait till you find out <laughs> the connection that Claire has to this show. She has a connection to it that no, maybe no one else has. What's the most memorable story I've told over the last five years of the show, Mike? Patty Smith and <laughs> yes, and I'm going to tease this by saying. <laughs> Guess who saw it, saw the elements go down? Yes. Get a load of this. She was not in the elevator. That was just two <laughs> people, me and Patty. Humble Pie, the spirit of we, Humble Pie. We will talk about this in a moment, but what I want to tell everybody. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. You two are joined together. Two forces becoming Voltron-like now. One plus one becomes 11. Because you have a show now. It's called Flophouse. Yeah. Right? That's it. And it's a part of this Vice. Vice is this uh, multinational corporation that is (laughs) one, it's bigger than... 
Pillsbury at this point, right? <laughs> you yeah. bet. It's probably like below Exxon, <laughs> but like above like Purina. Purina, exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Like Purina is looking <laughs> up at Vice yeah. now. Mm-hmm. They're just like with puppy dog eyes. Yeah. Mike, sidebar. You reminded them that this is a not a this is not a toilet podcast. This is not flop house where they can say whatever they want. Did you? Oh, we know the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm just making sure you should. Jonah Ray was in here last week. Yeah, I think was that he was that? a longshoreman all of yeah. a sudden. <laughs> Guy's like, I know the show. I know the show. And then he uh, drops the f bomb with the two times in three minutes, like yeah. he was trying to set a record, like it was a race. <laughs> so. So you have this show, Flophouse, yeah. part of the Vice. What is it called? Viceland? Viceland. Viceland, which mm-hmm. is their network. Yeah, it's a TV network that we started kind of secretly building in the fall of 2014. Mm-hmm. And just kind of a, Spike Jones is a creative director. And, Spike Jones. Yep. Yes. And started trying to make uh, shows that were – the first batch of them were not scripted. They're just things that are sort of documentary-based or, or traveling people we thought were interesting mm-hmm. and following them and making uh, – TV shows out of it, and it it's running on cable. Like it, it took over what was History Channel Two, and so H two. Yep. So for people that still have cable or mm-hmm. TV, like they can watch it that way. Or it's some also- of us haven't cut the cord yet. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna say this. Let's try watching some of the stuff. You end up staring at a buffer thing half the time. Right. So no, people shouldn't. It not. It hasn't been sorted out yet. <laughs> yes. So you can watch it that way or you can watch it online or through YouTube or like an app. Okay. But essentially, uh, one of the things I wanted to make was a show that that covered underground comedy and emerging young comedians. Mm-hmm. And Claire and I had met. I had a, a show at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival in Portland. Yes. Uh, that I had her perform on. And realized that there were these kind of pockets of interesting people living in different houses and crash pads across the country that were kind of supporting each other and – you know, Claire might stay at the Sylvan House in San Francisco and then move down to Los Angeles when she wanted to do shows there, mm-hmm. but would let people from the Bay Area come crash with her. Or this kind of like emerging pattern of people moving from Denver to Atlanta to, you know, Chicago and then coming back to Los Angeles and all doing shows and helping each other out. Mm-hmm. So we kind of started making short documentaries about the lives of people like Claire and then throwing a house party and having people perform in the garage or on the rooftop or backyard. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. It's, it's been uh, great. I saw the first one, yeah, which I thought was really good. Yeah, Thanks. congratulations. Oh, thank you so congratulations. much. Congratulations. Thank you. Some friends of the show. I, know I say. It. I like when I say it, and it sounds like I'm like <laughs> either a I'm talking to four year olds, or I secretly hated it, and uh-huh. I'm, I'm like congratulations, congratulations. It's like, ooh, that was a weird, weird way to say you liked it. So you hated it? No, I liked it. Good. That's just the way I talk to people. <laughs> That's why I'm on the more friendless side of the <laughs> spectrum. It tends to be a turnoff when you want to consider hanging out with someone or not. Well, how do they talk to me? Man, he talks to me like I'm a four-year-old. <laughs> I think we'll go hang out with somebody who talks to me like an adult. That's my problem. It is not your problem. It's not the problem of Flophouse or Viceland. So this network... Yeah. Spike Jones, Lance Bangs. We tried to get you to do some stuff. No, you didn't. We tried to get you to do that thing where I'd sneak into the sporting events. And you never made time. 
I didn't make Tom. I said I couldn't. Wow. No. I, you wanted to go to like a football game or something. You're like, you ever go to a football game? Yeah, they're horrible. It's, yeah, they're the worst thing ever. You go to like a, a like a baseball game or a basketball game and it's like fun and and well lit and like colorful <laughs> and exciting and you go to like a football game and it's just cold and just every degenerate is there just you can't see what's good you have no idea what's going on on the field but it made for better conversations that was a whole setup well we couldn't if we john and i you asked john and i yeah we couldn't we couldn't make it happen schedule wise we were all over the map at yeah. that point you tell me you can't find a home it's vice it's called vice land and 10 feet away You've got AP Mike out there. Wow. You can't pair him Should with Spike Jones. Think of him with Spike Jones. That'd be amazing. What do you think Spike Jones would make of AP Mike? We'd sort of uh, go meet everyone at Masa's Tavern, oh, yeah. follow them home, see Gritty, what they like. real. Yeah. yeah. See what they never got around to doing in their life and then uh, go film them trying to make it happen. Just picture, I think Spike Jones, uh, he goes into Masa's, he, uh, he, he, uh, <laughs> Probably says, uh, I went there a few weeks ago, went in to say hi to Mike as I was passing by on a Sunday, and I go in, drink a seltzer water, and then uh, leave, slap, I like tipped Mike 10 bucks, <laughs> not that I'm trying to rub that in Mike's face, but, and then I leave, and this the, the people there say to Mike, who was that MFer? That's all they start saying. Like, who was that guy? Oh, you mean the one who tipped for his drink? Yeah, that was uh, not one of not one of your kind. Someone who was appreciative and didn't outstay their welcome, <laughs> didn't nurse one drink uh, till the end of time. Yeah, that was uh, his name was Tom. But picture Spike Jones goes into masses. I think there's a swirly in his future, right? <laughs> But wouldn't it be exciting if he bought one of his own movies in the Dwayne Reed parking lot? That would be great. Right? Like, Mike sells him a copy of Her. <laughs> well, first of all, Mike doesn't sell the movies. Did you bring in Her, though, Mike? What's that? Her? Uh, no, I actually saw that in the movie theater. Oh, you saw it in the theater. You didn't actually. For some reason, I can picture a street copy of Her floating <laughs> through this. Through the studio, one point. <laughs> so, what else is on? What else? Are, you've been doing this for for uh, almost a couple of years now, right? Yeah, sort of like late 2014 that we started, and then uh, we started hiring more people like in early 2015, and running around and making a bunch of shows. Mm-hmm. There's another show called Party Legends where we we probably also might have reached out to you or some of your friends to get stories that we would then animate all this reaching out why am i not why is nobody's you asked me to go to a football game what so what is it it's 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 people telling their best stories Mm -hmm. uh usually funniest wildest weirdest stories often with drinking or Mm -hmm. or being out socially or things going wrong or tour stories from bands or performance stories from comedians sure and then uh pairing up with like interesting young animators and and doing it through starburns dan Harmon's. Yeah, company, and uh, making these animated pieces for them. That's awesome, and all these things are starting to sp- they're starting to roll out. Yeah, the the network just went on the air yesterday. 
uh, the congratulations that, thanks that's fantastic and uh flophouse is show that claire's on it runs on thursday nights at 10 30 mm-hmm. uh but if you wanted to go online you could probably see it now it's already up there on okay. youtube and on the it's website available. yeah yes it's out there right mm-hmm. people could what torrent it <laughs> yeah. like i look at i look at the young person and say the word torrent, torrent. <laughs> right you guys torrent stuff right dot wave yeah. file yeah don't you like turn that into like a yeah, dot wave file. <laughs> now you Lance Bangs. Yeah. You've directed so many things. I'm gonna just name some of the things here. All sorts of stand up specials. Todd Barry's crowd work special you did that. Yeah. You went all across the country with him on that. Yep. You did Marin's uh special You're a few in years it. ago, which I'm in. Yep. That was the day of the Boston bombing. Boston <laughs> Marathon really? bombing. Yeah. Yes. And then that day, like the 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 the, pre- the prep for a thing like that happens in the early afternoon. You guys were yeah. working. You guys were getting the the Le Poisson Rouge ready for filming when the news Correct. came. Correct. Yeah, when the news came through. Yeah, because I was walking down the street in New York, and some guy said he screamed out. They just blew up the marathon and bought, like, you know, when you know when news is like not coming in yet, and you're not yeah. sure what it is. Some guy said on the street corner, waiting across, he said, They just blew up the Boston Marathon. They just blew up the Boston Marathon and they're going to blow us up next. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like, Wait, I'm, oh boy, can't wait to watch that comedy <laughs> show that's about to. And then Mark was like, what am I supposed to do with this now? What, am I supposed to talk about it or not talk about it? And he didn't talk about it, which I think was the right thing because you're doing a thing like that for not just for that night. It would have been hard to follow, I think, in a way. Uh, You know, somebody watching it two years later. Because it's all about context. That night, it was all everybody was thinking about. But context-wise, it would have been... Two years later, it's like, what happened again with the thing? It would have killed the special. Yeah. And he also was on a tear that night. He, he did was. like, he was so good that yeah. night. I think the thing to do in that situation is to acknowledge it to the crowd, not in the context of the taping of the show, but to like, as a human, mm-hmm. you know, you're all in the space together and you're all probably questioning whether you should have stuck around mm-hmm. or bailed and, and, you know, gone back to be with someone. I think it's worth acknowledging and, and uh, kind of addressing it before you go into the material. Yeah. But you, it's there's no right answer for any of that stuff. Looking, because we're doing this hashtag. I put out the luckiest people alive mm-hmm. for tonight. Here are some of the things that have come up so far. Steve Wilkos. The, <laughs> the Jerry. I got to say that person might have finished the it. topic. <laughs> I think the topic might be done now. Steve. Yeah, Jerry Springer's <laughs> muscle-bound bouncer who got his own show for years and is probably, I mean, how much money does Steve will? Probably $8 million he probably has in the bank, right? Like, not a ton of money in show business terms. But enough to live off yeah. of the interest. Comfortable. Yeah, he's scored. He can travel yeah. with his family. For life, he's yeah. taken care of now. For for being able to grab people <laughs> fake running at each other uh-huh. for fights. <laughs> that he, who else is here? I see uh, here's uh, Adrian Grenier. 
is on there. Lucas Haas. That's a weird one. That is a weird one. That's a weird I one. wouldn't think. Oh, you know who has it so easy? In 1999. Lucas Haas. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and I would say when you're painting the thing, it's just like, okay, post, what, Mars Attacks? He was in Mars Attacks? Yeah. Really? He was. He was the kid in Mars. Is he in Attack. Brick? Brick? Was he in Brick? I believe so. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he was in Brick. And then uh I don't think he I don't think he's been so lucky. Not that he's unlucky or bad or anything. It's like you don't just think of him as being on Easy Street. <laughs> Lucas Haas. He's great though. Bob Zamuda. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Check. <laughs> yeah, that's a big check. Um, he's still floating around. He's a floater, all right. Yeah. He is. He uh, he's a floater, <laughs> all right. See, I saw how you slipped in your your filth. Wait, comedy. Do you think that was blue? I'm not that's coming blue. from a blue place. Mike, what's the what's the judge the judge on filth comedy saying somebody is a floater? <laughs> You're good. Okay. But if he's good on it, that means it was filthy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, Clara O'Kane. Yes. You started doing comedy where? In San Francisco. In San Francisco. City by the, by the bay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the city that's known for things like Fisherman's Wharf. There you go. Or <laughs> Madame Tussauds <laughs> at Fisherman's yeah, Wharf. Yes. The Ben and Jerry's at Fisherman's <laughs> Wharf, Alcatraz, yes. the seals, the sea lions, sea lions, seals. Mm-hmm. the sea lions. Do you like the sea lions? I like. The I, sea I lions. like watching them. Yeah, just kind of be. You ever watch? Around. Yeah, you ever watch the sea lions, Lance? Oh yeah, I go there all the time. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's great. I went there once and saw Hank Azaria watching the sea lions, <laughs> and then all I did was watch Hank Azaria watch the sea lions. <laughs> Do you ever like, watch them gang up on one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's that dynamic? What's going on? Because I, for people who don't know, in San Francisco, in the late 80s, I think after the earthquake or the early 90s, whatever, the sea lions just showed up at and started hanging out. They just showed up, and then they and then the city gave them, like, pier, like, what do you call those little, like, raft, rafty things? What are they? Like a jetty? A jetty, yes. Thank you. I'm not very nautical. I don't know why he would look at me like, why does he not know nautical I didn't terms? know. I was looking. I was projecting. It's, I think of them as just floating, <laughs> f- floating rafty things. Uh-huh. And these sea lions, like hundreds of them, just pile on those things. And they lay there all day. Mm-hmm. And now people just come and stare at them. And then, but then when you watch, you think, oh, the sea lions is going to be so much fun. And then they do. They just shove each yeah. other around and scream in each other's faces. <laughs> and they're, cause they're just trying to get sun. Yeah. But then they'll just like straight up, like just shove. Yeah. In other words, just like <laughs> push them. <laughs> Suddenly see a sea lion get pushed into the bay. There's only so much space on the jetties. Yeah. But they yes. definitely gang up on someone. Won't let them get back up. No. No. Stay down. Sounds like a Viceland show. <laughs> right? Get a couple GoPros. Strap a couple GoPros to some sea lions' foreheads. 
right? <laughs> sea lion. Sea lion. What if we call it? And I'm, yes, I'm pitching, straight up pitching you this show now. Great. We call it Wharf Town USA, <laughs> right? <laughs> and we, one element of it is the sea lions. We'll strap cameras to their heads. Other things we'll go with, we'll just, uh, we'll put GoPros inside bread bowls of of Manhattan and New England clam chowder. And people, you watch them realize that they're being filmed as they work their way through a loaf of bread filled with soup. And then uh, what else is down there that we can film? Dudes painted silver, right? There's the Bushman. What? Oh, that's right. The Bush. Somebody was talking about the Bushman a couple weeks ago. On this show? Right. The Bushman? Yes. Somebody was talking about the Bushman. He was what, He was a dude who jumped out. He just had a couple of sticks in front of him, mm-hmm. and he'd be just very, like, next to a trash can okay. where no one could see him coming up. But you see, people are surrounded, so there's a ruckus. Uh-huh. But if you're not paying attention, yeah. you would just walk right past him, and then he, <laughs> he spooks you <laughs> out of nowhere. But then he, he, like, got thrashed or something, right? He's, I think something bad happened. To like him. he's not with us anymore. I maybe I don't know. They might have. Maybe rest in peace, Bushman. <laughs> maybe <laughs> let's just say, rest in peace, Bushman. <laughs> Prove us wrong, right? <laughs> Looking at this here, who is this? The base, <laughs> the bassist from Coldplay. Somebody saying luckiest people of all. <laughs> I would. I could see that. Yeah, that's up there. Coldplay bassist. I couldn't think of a Coldplay bass line to save my life. I'm trying to think. All I think of when I think of Coldplay is that one song that's like... Maybe the bass is... Yeah, I picture. Maybe he's not even on it. It's just piano. It's like Chris Martin's like, all right, we'll do the bass later. And finally like, all right, let's put this thing out. So we're going to do my bass part. It's number one. Just shut up. I'm still getting paid for it. As long as you're wearing your weird patchy, those weird Sergeant Pepper, ripped up Sergeant Pepper jackets that they were wearing for a while. You ever notice when bands and musical, like David Bowie had like maybe, it's like people just like, David Bowie died. Everybody got to look at the whole career and be like, oh my God, he's was my favorite person ever. And I'm one of those people. But then I also was just like, wow, there's like a good 12 years where he was the worst dressed <laughs> rock artist. His Union Jack. Alexander long, Union Jack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those long coats. Mm-hmm. Orange hair. Yeah. And the ripped up clothes when he would wear like those. He wore a lot of ripped yeah. kind of reconstituted clothes. <laughs> it was like, looked like a, like Oliver Twist. Chic, like some <laughs> version of that. So yeah, the bassist from Coldplay, Lars Ulrich, the dancing guy from Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. That's a really good yeah. one. That's a good one. I would say anybody in Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. <laughs> Those dudes have. That's a. That's a pretty sweet run they've had. Yeah. <laughs> that one song. That guy can't sing. You listen. It's like double tracked. He's still terrible singer. What did you do when all that ska stuff was coming through Central Jersey, North Jersey? A whole lot of nothing. I stayed away from <laughs> you, that. It went right. Every... Th- it was huge in New yeah. Jersey. 
New Jersey was one of the biggest places for ska. Full of rude boys. Full of, I don't know if they were rude, they were just <laughs> rude dudes. Yeah, rude like not dudes. Even, not even rude boys, just rude dudes, rude bras. So you skipped all the shows at the Court Tavern and City Gardens when that would all go on? I would go see other things there. I saw some good stuff at City Gardens. City Gardens. Imagine mm-hmm. a giant black box. Dropped from the sky into, <laughs> into in an industrial park in Trenton, uh-huh. the scariest neighborhood ever, and then bands you want to see play there, but you're worried your car is not going to be there when you go, when you leave the venue, right. is what City Gardens was like. Like, everybody played there, and it was always terrifying. Just imagine that. that it's awesome. like the smell yeah. That place. That, oh, now I can. When I went I there mm-hmm. to the smell in Los Angeles, I was just like, oh, this is the first time I felt that city gardens <laughs> feeling in years. And it was like, this place, <laughs> the funniest thing, the smell, it's just like, I was like, this place smells disgusting. <laughs> and then it's like, yeah, it's called the smell. <laughs> it smells in here. But City Gardens was like three times bigger than the smell. Oh, City Gardens was enormous. Yeah. yeah. Was it just one big room? It's one large room. There's a bar in the very back back mm-hmm. that they do some stuff in. Mm-hmm. And like John Stewart was a bartender there. James Murphy worked the door. Mm-hmm. It was just a crazy combination of characters and people. But on the whole, it was a huge room. Yeah. Yeah. That would have like, like Guar played there a lot. Sure. Like Guar considered <laughs> City Gardens. Like, yeah, just like. Put a star next to that one on the tour itinerary. Like, putting that guar, putting the tour together. Playing City Gardens, right? Odorous. Yongerous. I can't. So, San Francisco. Yes. Then you moved to Los Angeles. Then I moved to L.A. But you and I, we mm-hmm. met. we met in Los Angeles the first time. We did. When it was at the... Because, you know, you go to a museum in Los Angeles and it has to be about movies. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right? Only. <laughs> yeah. The Los Angeles, what is it? It's, it's LACMA. LACMA. Yes. Mm-hmm. So naturally you go to LACMA and it's a thing about movies. Mm-hmm. But it, I can't say it's any different here when there was actually, for a really long time, the like the uh, uh, like uh, Tim Burton had his <laughs> oh, thing. Yeah. Of course, it's like. I tried to get into that. And you couldn't get you in. You couldn't get in. Yeah. People are going cuckoo. Over couldn't it. stare at his drawings of uh, <laughs> Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, yeah. It's like these are. There should be just a show business museum, right? Shouldn't yeah. there just be a show business museum? Definitely. So we met at that while we mm-hmm. were. I uh, I saw you and I recognized you. And I was probably staring at uh, his <laughs> notebook or sure. something mm-hmm. through a a scribble. Yes. Through a piece of glass. Yes. And I approached. And we we talked and had a nice conversation. But then, that is just a mere (laughs) bagatelle before the main symphony Mm -hmm. of the next time we met. The year is 2015, January 2015. Mm -hmm. The city is San Francisco. Japantown. Japantown. Mm -hmm. Right before the sketch fest. I'm in town doing the tribute to uh, Sharpling and Worcester. 
you're at the hotel in the lobby and you say, hey, how are you? And we talked and you said you were doing a show that night and we had a nice conversation, yes. right? But then what happened? We're sitting in the lobby. Yeah. We kind of look over and you say, that's Patty Smith. And I say, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. You're like, I saw her earlier. I just keep seeing her. <laughs> I, keep, I keep seeing her and I say, oh, that's, that's great. This and she feels... walks out. She was yeah. playing at the Fillmore. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. we, we parted ways. Yeah. It was an exciting moment. Yeah. And then I went into the elevator with her. That day? Oh, yeah. The same day? Yeah. Wow. You were right there when it went down. You could have stopped it. <laughs> Why didn't you stop me? I had a feeling something would go oh, wrong. You could have spared me the indignity of getting dragged into the the story that will never, <laughs> I will ever, never, ever, never, never, ever shake that story. How often do you think about it? How think? often do I think about yeah. it? Mm-hmm. What triggers it? I don't mind it when I think about it in my own mind and I'm just like and there's times I'll actually think about Patty Smith and forget that that <laughs> I have this yeah that this is what I should this is what I'm now apparently supposed to think of when I think of Patty Smith. I guess when sometimes when some when somebody comes up to me and they just say like Oh my God, that Patty Smith thing was so <laughs> stupid. Like they're, when they're just like taking such glee in how embarrassing it is, is I'll just be like, Oh, you're right. That, but then I end up feeling like, Oh, it could happen to anybody. Yeah. Right? It's totally if, relatable. I don't know if anybody would bring up humble pie. I think that's <laughs> your that's on you. But you no, it's all on me. I'll bear the I bear the one hundred percent of the burden of it. It's a great story. But that it but it's like everybody has a thing like that. Lance, you must have a thing where you met somebody and put your foot in your mouth. Yeah, for sure. What's one that comes to mind? You don't you don't have to tell the whole thing, just say the name. It was on. It was Patty Smith related. It was uh, in 1995. She started doing public performances again mm-hmm. a little bit, and uh, Lucas Haas was around. Come to think of it, yes. he was so hanging out with uh, Lucky Lewis, Michael Stipe. Okay, and uh, Michael was going to go tag along on the the tour that she did opening for Bob Dylan. Uh, did like a string of dates uh, in Philadelphia at okay. the Electric Factory, and then kind of from New York and all down the East Coast and. Uh, so Michael tagged along to take photographs, and, and I was traveling with him and then drove him down the rest of the way to, to Athens, where we both lived at the time. And uh, we, like, I think Michael had met Dylan before, but I hadn't met him and mm-hmm. was nervous about what to say or how to interact with him. And people kind of kept away from him, like all the kind of concert promoter worker people had a sense of, like, don't get in his way or, mm-hmm. or mess with him or whatever. And then there was a, a pinball game in the dressing room of the Electric Factory of The Last Action Hero. And so I was uh, playing that video game and everyone else had kind of cleared out of the room because it was supposed to be his time to get ready before going on stage. Uh-huh. And I had like, you know, three or four quarters already yeah, yeah, loaded in yeah. and didn't realize that everyone had kind of like shifted out to give him his space yeah. and ended up like disrupting him in his prep time before the show by playing the last action hero pinball game and then could not think of a polite way to to once I stopped playing and realized what was going mm-hmm. on that I was like fucking with his pre So you did thing. it. Yeah. 
and then managed no, you to just cursed. slide out. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I'm oh sorry, my guys. God, get out. Can you believe this is wow. what's going on here, Mike? Wow, with these guys, <laughs> it's the Jonah Ray effect. I don't. Yeah, it's Jonah Ray, the pioneer. All right, <laughs> so that's the story. That's the story. That's Thank story. you for the story. That's a terrible yes, because yeah. you're playing pin, but so loud <laughs> and yes, and so dumb. Claire, yes, okay, yes, at baby's, baby's first gun. gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Claire O'Kane was taken. Yeah. I should say. I should mm-hmm. preface that. Sure. So naturally, you had to go to baby's first gun uh-huh. as the next. Yeah. Not the Claire. Okay, or I think that might be taken too. I I don't know the Claire Okane. I'm gonna just get one of them tonight and <laughs> snatch it up. Just start running my own account. Do you have a story like that? I don't. If I do, I I think I'd block it out. Sure, you just instantly. I did. Well, see here it comes. I met Louis C.K. once. Okay, and. uh it was in the green room of a show. A bunch of comedians were in there, and he came in. It was a surprise guest, and mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan. Sure. And uh, we kind of went to both look at water bottles at the same time, look for a water, mm-hmm. and there weren't any in there. And I was like, okay. uh, I, I think I know where they are. So I yeah. nervously ran down the hall to yeah. ask. I was like, uh-huh. Lucy Key needs water. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Just and no person was trying to talk to me and have a nice conversation. It was like, oh, it's nice to see. You. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta go get this water. Yeah. And so <laughs> I couldn't find any. Yeah. And I went up to him and I was like, hey, man, I couldn't find us any water. So uh-huh. he's like, oh no, it's totally fine. I went, oh, okay, great. And then I just flipped him off for no reason and. Walked out <laughs> and walked away. <laughs> yeah, that I'm gonna say, but you did the. You probably did it the right way. Yeah. How so? It was your final. Your, it was your. It was your departing gesture. Yeah. And then you didn't stand there and like say like waiting for him to laugh or something. No. Like he was just eating your dust at that point. I'm sweaty thinking about it. Well, uh, welcome. I feel bad about myself. But a huge fan. Wow, big fan. Yes. What if I had done something terrible to you at that museum? I think I was nervous about that, too, but I think I kept my cool. I was was a fan then, too. Well, I was nervous at that museum because I stole his notebooks. (laughs) (laughs) I had them in my jacket at that point. Stanley Kubrick's Lolita notes. So, guys, gals, guy and gal, like I'm guys, there's one gal, one guy, well, there's two guys, I'm a guy. Oh, brother. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to thank you guys for coming in. Thank you. Yeah, for I appreciate us. you coming. I know it was so last minute. Yeah. Thank you for coming. You had, you went to Wawa for the first time today. Oh, man. Right? What an experience. Touchscreen hoagies. Yeah. Three words. No, it's not like a burger. L.A.'s all burger places and everything. <laughs> Here it's you pull in, you punch it in on a screen, <laughs> and then they make you exactly what you want. Yes. 
with no creative input on their own. Mm -hmm. Make my sandwich. Mike? Yes. You like Wawa? No, I don't really go there. That's right. Mike is a quick check. Quick check? Yeah. we got to check that out. No, you don't. (laughs) Quick check is basically like Wawa, but like worse in every way. Mm-hmm. It's just worse. Literally every way it could come in second, it comes in second. <laughs> worse donuts, worse uh, sandwich thing, worse pre-made snacks, <laughs> worse gas. Just the worst, Mike. Yeah. Worse gas. Yeah. <laughs> no, the the guys pumping it are creeps. <laughs> the pump men. The pump men. That's the thing in New Jersey. Can't pump your own gas. Yeah. That makes me nervous. To what? I just don't know how to deal with it. It's the greatest thing ever. Do you just sit in your car and then you give them your card? This is what you say. Fill it up with 87, please. Wow. And then they say, and four minutes later they come back and you sign a thing. It's the greatest. Your hands don't smell like gasoline. I like doing it myself. But it creates jobs. That's true. Uh, And it's cheaper in New Jersey. The gas is cheaper. It's so cheap. How much is a gallon in California? Oh, we're at a we're at a hot two thirty probably. Yeah, here it's like one thirty. Yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy. But you know what else is crazy? Anybody who doesn't watch Flophouse. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Now again, where do people see this show Flophouse, which is this this narrative stand up variety? Reality show, documentary show. Uh, It's on television. It's what used to be Channel H two is now Viceland. So all the major, you know, Directv, Dish Network, Time Warner, all those Mm -hmm. have it. And then if you don't have cable, you can watch it online at viceland.com. And then there's also an app that you can use on like Roku or Apple TV or Mm -hmm. your Android phone or iPhone. That's like a Viceland app. Okay, so it's out there. And there's all sorts of shows coming up. Yeah, this is my last pitch. Lance Bangs, executive at Viceland. Picture AP Mike. It's a show called Mike and Spike. Do America. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> uh, on. On. And they're on, like, what should they be driving? What should they be driving in? A dune buggy? An old bookmobile bus. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. An old bookmobile bus. Oh, my God. Something this... where the back opens with yeah. two doors. And they yeah. can just kind of sit. And Mike does readings in every town. Yeah. And the two of them just come out of the back of that bookmobile. How can you not walk this to him? <laughs> I can go. Walk, walk it down the hall tomorrow. Later tonight. Tonight. Later tonight, walk it yeah. down the hall. I still like your first idea. Walk it. Oh, what, the uh, the Wharf Town USA? Yeah. <laughs> Bring Kurt Vile out there. Get Kurt Vile. I'm Wharf telling you. on drugs. Wharf on drugs. <laughs> and we get, what's his face? The guy from uh, Star Trek to, who played Wharf. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. He's, people he's, just go watch the sea lions. <laughs> what is his name? Michael. Um, Michael Warren. Michael Dorn. He's like, this guy, Michael Dorn. He's like, <laughs> currently... Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not sure people... I'm pretty sure I'm right about this one, though. With no claim to the character, he, like, currently still, like, does, like, wharf 
stuff online. It's just like, you realize we hired you to play Worf. You don't have control of Worf. Like, you don't get to, like, keep figuring out what Worf is up to now and all that stuff. Just like, but he's, I think he's still, like, kind of, but he'd be, what if we call it Worf it up, right? And he's like, hello, everybody. It's me, Michael Dorn. Welcome to the Fisherman's Wharf. <laughs> this is San Francisco. <laughs> Alcatraz. Madame Tussauds. Ben and Jerry's. I'm Wharf. <laughs> and he's out there with the sea lions. Mm-hmm. Imagine him on one of those jetties. <laughs> Just getting shoved off. sea lion shoves him in. Like, <laughs> wharf makeup. <laughs> Just coming off in the... Mike and Mike would be out there on a jetty. Him and Spike Jones out on the jetty. I'm telling you, you just got to get Mike and Spike Jones. Wild things, too, right? <laughs> Picture Mike as one of the wild things. Hey, what's up? I'm, I'm where the wild things are. <laughs> the crack of a Coors Light inside the costume. <laughs> yes. This, Seals this 11 foot high costume. <laughs> And you just know he's filling the top four feet of it with just Coors Light. You're not working the eyes too good there in there, Mike. You good? What? All right. Enough of picking on Mike. Thank you guys for yeah, coming. Yeah, thanks by. for having us Thank in. you for having us. Of course. Us. Claire O'Kane and Lance Bangs. And I'm going to play a record by David Peel from this King of Punk album. It's one of the best albums ever. Hozak put it out. Reissue. Let's check this out. And then we'll be back with Gail Bennington here on The Best Show. Walking along the streets of Manhattan. <laughs> Why won't it do what I tell it to do? Mike, why won't it do what I tell it to do? Ah, now it's doing what I told it to do. Don't worry. If the studio didn't come in, I would have been mad, but he comes in, I'm just like, what do you want? Nobody can win around here. It's like the game, guys. Don't you realize it? It's like the game. Remember that movie, The Game? The game. I heard that that game, the movie, the game is based on like Harvard, like initiation rituals or something. I don't know. Those Harvard guys are ones weirder than the next. You imagine wearing your ascot to school every day. Yes, I. Uh, I'm here for introduction to uh, calculus. My name is uh, Winthrop Winthrop von Winthrop the Fourth. God bless him. Look, if it wasn't those guys, then the community college trash like me wouldn't have something to rail against. We're all here for a reason. David Peel and Death. This album that Hozak reissued, King of Punk. 
we heard the song King of Punk. And for people who don't know, he was this uh, kook from the Lower East Side who uh, was on Apple Records at one point. And then uh, he was off Apple Records very quickly. He did uh, The Pope Smokes Dope and songs like that. And then he did this album called King of Punk, which is so great. There's a song on it that's 11 minutes long called Who Killed Brian Jones that we'll play some week. It's him telling the death, the story of the death of Brian Jones. Hozak Records, can't go wrong. I want to welcome to the show in the guest of, I'm calling it guest of Palooza tonight. The guest avalanche we're having. I have my friend, Gail Bennington, is here. How are you, Gail? So good. Thank you so much for having me back, Tom Sharpling. Of course you're back. Thank you for asking me back on the best show. Yeah, why wouldn't you be back? On the most super of Tuesdays. It is the most super of Tuesdays. What what is happening with Super Tuesday? Uh, Just getting updates now. I think I think they've just given him the keys to the White House. It's Trump. They said, you know what? Let's not go any further with this. Just You're the guy. You're our new guy. He's the new guy. There's no point of going on. I'll say this about it's Donald a sweep. Trump. Look. Say it. He's super terrifying on some level, of course, on a very basic level. But I was watching the debate last week, and I laughed so much during, like straight up. This is what I was laughing at. He said his post-debate thing was funnier than him in the debate when he was on came on CNN. Because he does this thing, and I realized as he was doing his thing, I was like, oh, my goodness. That is exactly what I do on the radio, what he's doing. There's this clown who used to call the show James. He used to call and He would go. He'd call up. He'd be like, uh. Hey, I want to ask about uh, if you saw the uh, Iron Man or something like it would like some fake point of conversation, sure. and then I would say, "Well, no, I didn't." Like when I would fall for it, and he'd be like, "You got James," <laughs> and then he would hang up and say, "I got James," and then I meet this guy at this WFMU event, and he's sweaty and. He had a hair piece that was actually, like, loose. But here's the thing. He didn't have a hair piece that was loose. I mean, I added that part. But that's like, and I, I swear I've said on the air, it looked like he fell into a swimming pool. <laughs> and then I'm watching Donald Trump talk about Marco Rubio, and he said, he's the first thing he says is like, well, <laughs> like, he always, like, he'll say, like, if they say, like, well, what about uh, Mitt Romney said you should release your taxes? He goes, well, Mitt Romney, then it's, like, comma. Nobody who, talks to this guy yeah. anymore. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, Mitt Romney, who should have won in 2012 and should have won big but didn't. Who knows why? I don't know why. Like, it just, and then he picks the thread back up. Like, he does this, like, subliminal trashing of the person as if it was, like, in parentheses. You don't need to worry about anything else they're saying. He did it to Cruz. Or the, he had a great moment where Cruz was trying to say something. He's just like, basket case. He called him a basket like, case. That's it. And then there was that point when he's like, he said, 
you go, you swing away. He just told them to just swing away. Keep just like, keep trying, champ. It was just like, you try to just do whatever you guys want to do. It's not going to have any effect. So he said on this post debate interview, it's like, so Marco Rubio, it's like this, this guy, it looks like he fell into a swimming pool. <laughs> and I started, and he said it twice. And he's like, at one point, I'm looking over at him, and he's covered in sweat, and uh, I asked him if he was okay. So now he's, like, making it as if he has, like, a neurological problem that he's honestly concerned about. And I was like, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen, that this guy, because he's doing, the secret is that you just act like you're not insulting somebody, you're just saying facts. And it's just, then you're just like, oh, wait, you were insulted? Wait, you took that as me making fun of you? Those are facts. That's just the truth. The next day on Twitter, I think, was even funnier because that's when he started just coming up with little nicknames. Like he was saying that <laughs> he was calling Rubio the the lightweight choker or yeah, the, the choker. The choke artist. <laughs> This Once a, a choker, choke. yeah. always a choker. A choke he puts it in a simple way that yeah. you're like, this guy's yeah. got a point. Yeah. Once a choker, always, always a, a choker. And then now you're just, he's just like, and then he said at one point, I think they're auditing me because of my Christian beliefs. <laughs> and then you know that Ted Cruz is like screaming. He's like, I'm the one with Christian beliefs. Like, this guy doesn't have Christian beliefs. He just except he had that one time when he's like, "What his favorite book is the Bible?" He said it's like, so. Look, will it end badly? Oh yeah, it's gonna end. This is not a this is not really funny in the larger version of things in the larger scheme of things. It's the opposite of funny. But it's all scary, so you might as well have something yes entertaining. So you, Gail Bennington, host, co not host, co-host. Co-host is the appropriate. Bennington on Sirius XM's Raw Dog, right? That, that's right. Raw Dog, channel 99. Yeah. Uh, weekdays at noon east on Raw Dog, channel 99. And for people, again, who, uh, if you don't know, it's a show you co-host with, of all things... Your father. That's correct. Which I think. The legendary Ron Bennington. Yes. Which I think is so awesome. It's so hard to picture doing anything with a family member for more than three minutes sometimes. (laughs) You know what I mean? Not being like, okay, I got to get going now. Like, it was a fun little talk we had about something. I'm going to leave now, though. Well, the funny thing is when we're on the air, it doesn't feel like... I'm having, sitting next to my dad mm-hmm. and having a conversation with my yeah. dad. Uh-huh. So that makes it a lot easier because yeah. I would say it is not a typical relationship in that way. No, you don't uh, – you can – you – if he's funny and you're funny and you're actually just having actual conversations the way two adults would have conversations that aren't necessarily just like – it's not like like fatherly – daughterly thing dad yeah yeah you don't understand my music dad (laughs) although that sounds like a great show that does sound (laughs) like a good episode you don't understand my music dad dad (laughs) is that your florida 
Uh, it I might think. be. Sometimes it creeps out in weird little moments. What's a word that it really comes out on that you find yourself going okay. like, trying so this, to catch yourself? Well, it's, I can never, I, normally I'm not the one to pick it up. Someone will say it. Uh, to me, like, oh, you must be Southern. But I had a really embarrassing one um, where I was reading a piece of copy and they asked me <laughs> to read it again. I was reading it for Sirius um, and uh, I was talking about a VIP section. Uh-huh. And they had to keep asking me to repeat it because I kept saying VIP, VIP. And I, I didn't understand that this is something that I said. So the I. VIP. The, uh-huh. <laughs> it's a VIP section. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, also, I was called out for uh, saying jewelry instead of jewelry. 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 Like two syllables. Jewelry. Uh-huh. Instead of jewelry. Yes. There's a lot of – and then that's weird because then you're getting less syllables. But then as a child, Mm -hmm. I was confused at the way I even said my own name. Mm -hmm. So this was uh, in school where learning to do like syllables Mm -hmm. and they're telling us to like clap for the amount of syllables a word has. So you're going race car Mm -hmm. or bus stop and you're like going through. And the teacher said, everyone go around the room and clap – for your name, mm-hmm. the amount of syllables, and I thought my name was two syllables. I thought it was Gayle. Uh-huh. And she was like, no, uh-huh. that is a one-syllable name. And I'm like, no, it's Gayle. That's my name. Yeah. Gayle. Gayle. <laughs> but you're just – Gayle. And it's just like, Gayle. <laughs> but then you shook it now. I did. For the most part, I On think. On the whole, you're you're pretty – American. Yeah. Now you're not regional. Got that well-rounded vanilla. I don't know. I think it does come out, but it. I don't normally pick it up myself. Well, it comes out now. I know when you say VIP. VIP. I'm in the VIP section. <laughs> it sounds like you're at. <laughs> this is like the that's Kentucky not even Derby. That's yeah, like that's not even typical Florida Southern. That's a Southern that doesn't even exist anymore. Like uh-huh. I do declare. Yeah. I'm in the VIP section. Like you could have the vapors. I have the vapors in the VIP. You have some uh, headache powder maybe <laughs> to help you with the vapors in the VIP section. Now, Gail Bennington. Yes. One thing we're doing tonight. We're asking people about the luckiest people alive. You know, I think is like, I think of like, uh, I know Ringo Starr is like an easy, that's like low hanging fruit for that kind of thing. But then it almost loops back around because you get people, some people like, no, he's the best drummer ever because he knew how to play with the three other guys (laughs) and did it. It's like, no. Don't go all the, like, they'll almost loop it to where it's like, no, he's so, that's such an attribute that he knew how to lay back and not be as good as the other three Beatles. I think that he, he gets picked on a lot. Yeah. It's It's not a bad position in the world to be the fourth best oh, Beatle. But no, but that's, that's what makes him one of the luckiest people alive, is that he can't sing very well. Right, sings, but, but many sings. drummers can't. That's not a typical. But, but then they don't. That's <laughs> okay, what they just do. Fair. They like if he was auditioning for something, someone would say, "Yeah, you can't sing in this band." 
you can if you if you want a drum, more power to you, dude. We're not gonna write. You're not gonna get two songs on every album with your non-singy singing. I think he gets beat up unfairly for two reasons. One, mm. it was a very simple thing that he was doing, but he's. I think he's also being compared to maybe drummers from the '70s who were doing a lot. You know, yeah. more intense stuff. It was a simplistic thing because I think that was required of sure. him. And I also think he gets thrown into that because there was that. I can't remember if it was um, John Lennon or Paul McCartney who somebody had asked them, "Do you think that Ringo Starr is the best drummer yeah. in the world?" <laughs> and, he, and they replied, "He's not even the best drummer in the Beatles." Yeah, which is funny, but I do, I feel but like people true, hung true. on to that. But think about this: Ringo Starr goes. I'm quitting the Beatles. And he's like throwing a temper tantrum. And then Paul McCartney goes, yeah, okay. See, see, see you down the road, dude. I'm going to keep working on this record. I'll drum on it. Back in the USSR, Paul McCartney plays the drums on that. And then when you listen to the record, you're like, well, these drums are pretty awesome on this thing. And then you find that, yeah, that was Paul McCartney did it because Ringo quit the group. And all I'm saying, Gail, is that it's not that he's the worst. I'm I'm more reacting to people who say he's actually one of the best because he's so average right. and that that's such an attribute. His, his okayness is actually what makes him the best. I think he just, he gets his teeth kicked in a lot. Poor Mr. Star. But listen to but it just be, And I think it's also because, you know, it's, it's not easy. He was the goofiest looking Beatle. Yeah. Peace and love. And then when he did that thing where he was like, you heard that, right? Where he like tells people he's not going to sign autographs anymore. You ever hear that? I have no. to play this for you. Please play this it. This is one of the all-time greatest things I've ever heard anywhere. Best things I've ever heard. Number one, Mike Francesa yelling about Papa John's. <laughs> this is the all-time best thing I've ever heard. I'm going to play this for you first. No, not that. That's not. Big moment. First of all, I have no. One thing for Peyton. Peyton, the first guy you kiss can't be Papa John, okay? And listen. This is a big moment. First of all, I have no idea why Papa John's on the field. Shame on the NFL for having him on the field. But if you're Peyton Manning, you have enough money. The first guy you kiss can't be Papa John, okay? It can't be. <laughs> and if I see that as a commercial, I'll throw up. <laughs> enough. You make enough money. The first guy you kiss can't be Papa John after the game. One thing for Peyton. Okay. I, I might just leave it on for the rest of the show. You'll just sit here watching me listen to it for the next hour and 20 minutes, but I'm going to stop. I'm going to catch myself. It's perfect. That is the best thing I've ever heard. I like that he's not even opposed to him kissing him. It's just the, the yeah. first. Yeah. Can't the, be. Not, not yeah. Papa. First guy can't be Papa John. It can't be. So here's Ringo Starr, a video he put up. Okay. Seven years ago. Telling the fans oh. who sent him things to sign. Wait for this dumb commercial. Oh, no, this commercial is the best commercial I've ever. That thing I just said about. Uh, yeah. About, the Papa. Uh, Papa John. That's second best. This 
Joe Rogan commercial I watched last night. Listen to this. Imagine imagine this, Gail. Okay. You're a, you're just a, a lost person in life. It's like that Beach Boys song, Till I Die. It's like you're a, a cork in the ocean, just drifting around, no place, not sure what to do. Then you hear this. And does this give you a sense of purpose? Be the hero of your own movie. If your life was a movie and it started now, forget about whatever financial disasters you've had, personal failures, relationship failures. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. We define ourselves far too often by our past failures. We look at our past and we say, well, that's me. That's all this clockwork orange music in the background. So intense. Yeah. And look at him. Wow. So he's wearing the shirt. It's something I'm, called I'm convinced by it. On it. But Whatever he's selling. All kidding, all kidding aside, Gail. Be the hero of your own movie. I try. I try every day. Can you imagine? This guy. Be the hero of your own movie. This is the guy who screamed in people's faces to make them eat worms is how he bought his house. That, But that was his movie. He yeah. was being yeah. the hero of his own movie. It was a movie of a, of a horrible person. It was a movie. It was like it was like Human Centipede or something. Like he was the scientist. You're being real judgy. You know that Tom Sharpling. He's the hero of his own movie. But this is my movie. It's about a guy He's who judges. The He's the villain in my movie. I'm the hero in this movie. I'm going up against the guy who screams in people's faces, and makes them eat worms for prize money. Okay. All right. Give me this Ringo star. This is a serious message to everybody watching my update right now. Peace and love. Peace and love. I want to tell you, please, after the 20th of October, do not send fan mail to any address that you have. Nothing will be signed after the 20th of October. If that has a date on the envelope, it's going to be tossed. I'm warning you with peace and love, but I have too much to do. So no more fan mail. Thank you, thank you. And no objects to be signed. Nothing. Uh, anyway, peace and love, peace and love. Well, first of all, the way he said peace and love, that was him just saying, you know, bleep off is basically. Definitely. It but was the most aggressive peace and love. You know what? He's a busy guy. I just wish that that date was... Mm-hmm. In 2016, I wish that I knew. You wish you still had a window. I wish I still knew. Well, I want to tell you about a fun site called eBay where you can probably get a Ringo Star autograph for $11. But, (laughs) yeah, it's not one that I sent directly to him. Yeah. It was going to be special to me in that way. Well, no, that got tossed. Mm. Peace and love. A message. (laughs) And it seems like he just came up with the idea. He, like, looked at a pile of stuff in his house. He's like. Get my, get my flip video camera. Because at that point he would have been on a flip. Film this and put it online today. <laughs> and because he's just saying it on this low res thing, clearly, uh, just boiling over with just barely concealed rage about the envelopes that he can't stand looking at anymore so all of this is why you feel like he is the luckiest I feel like he's an ingrate also he's an ingrate 
this guy, yeah, he play he played drums well. Very good drummer. He's a terrible actor. Singing voice is atrocious, but charming. Speaking but voice atro- is nice, though. Speaking voice when he's doing that uh, train man or whatever that was. What was that thing called? What's train man? Train man, the kids show he did. Train man, what was that? I don't know. Shining but he, he also did. He was. He oh, not shi- the... Shining Time Station. Yeah, but he, was he also the voice of um, the narrator in The Point as well, I think? Was that Ringo Starr? Mike? Was he? Mike's not sure. I think he was. For the Harry Nilsson album, The yeah. Point. Peace well, I mean, little... when they did like an animated oh, the, that's right, the version animated of thing. it, I, I believe can't. that Ringo Starr okay. did it. Look, he's not untalented. I've come on this show to defend Ringo Starr. You want to know what? You defend him all day long. He's not signing that thing for you. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You're going to be like, dear Ringo, I know you're not signing things anymore. Peace and love. Dear Ringo, peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> and then it's going to say, um, <laughs> I, went on a, I recently went on a radio show. And defended you against someone saying you were the luckiest person <laughs> in the world. I would. Therefore, please sign this photo of you in your outfit from the movie Caveman. But make no mistake, you're still my fourth favorite Beatle. Yes. Make yeah. Make no mistake that when I figure out <laughs> which my which when I rank the Beatles, one through three is always up for grabs. But four is is a dead set lock for all of eternity. You are not my favorite Beatle, nor are you anyone's favorite Beatle. Peace and love. No one's. Gail Bennington. All right. Can I give you my luckiest? Sure. Um, what was the hashtag? Hashtag. Luckiest people alive. Luckiest people alive. Mm-hmm. The first name that came to mind mm-hmm. was a one Mr. Michael Strahan. Huh. How? Let me think. I, I think I see what you're going for. How is it possible that this man mm-hmm. was chosen uh-huh. to work in broadcasting? Yeah. I will never know. Uh-huh. That just baffles me. Because he went, for people who don't know, he was on the New York Giants. Yes. He set the sacking record because somebody fell and gave him one because it just didn't was like brett Favre, like like let him sack him or something remember that one like he gave him the final one that let him right mike yeah Yeah, like he totally the final sack was like a tank job yeah so he he set the record through brett Favre not wanting to get hurt so we let him quote unquote sack him so he leaves, and then he wins the Super Bowl, right? He Yes. Then he goes, he retires from football, goes on and does the Sunday football uh, desk things on, like, right. Fox, right? He's he on was Fox. doing some of that stuff. Yeah. And then he's, when, when Regis is leaving... Kelly Ripa's auditioning all these different hosts, and they're trying everybody on. They're trying 
that was like every single person went through that door. Why? But why was it him? But it lands the 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 arrow of luck. Lady Luck says to Michael Strahan, "You set the you want you made millions of dollars playing football. You set the all time sack record, even though you didn't actually do it. You left with a Super Bowl ring." For a game that you never should have won because a football stayed on top of David Tyree's helmet as he fell when you beat a team that hadn't won, hadn't lost any games all year long. Then now you're a commentator and now you're a morning, morning show host with, with Kelly, you with and Kelly. Kelly. Every time I see him on television, I am baffled. I'm mm-hmm. uncomfortable. I am so unsure why. I get the idea they they were like, we want to, for whatever reason, pick an athlete. I don't know if they thought that that was going to bring more male viewers to their Mm – I'm not entirely sure what their Mm -hmm. idea was. But even if that's what you wanted to do, Mm -hmm. why would you pick someone who is that level of uncomfortable, Uh Uh a very uh, strange Uh speech impediment Uh that is really Uh hard to see past. Uh Why even of of sports stars? Yeah. At that point, why not Tiki? Give it to Tiki then if that's what you want. Conversely, he. Or Rondé. Or any barber. Literally any any barber barber in the harbor. Please. (laughs) But, But why him? Conversely. Tiki Barber left the Giants right before they won the Super right. Bowl. Forget the Barbers, yeah. all right? I'm just so saying. He got all of all of the bad luck he took. He's like the bridge over troubled water for Michael Strahan. He's the one carrying all of his suffering, right? He's Michael Strahan's bridge over troubled water. I suppose. I suppose. Because then he thought he was going to be like the star of the Today Show, and then he was so bad on it, and then there was like that that scandal where he was like cheating, yeah, and then he got canned from. So like he lost everything that he was supposed to get. (laughs) Michael Strahan got. Yeah. Ever. Well, he's like Salieri, and Michael Strahan's like the Mozart of this. Listen, there were so many people who could oh, have I'm had listening. that job. There are so many people, literally anyone. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to be distancing because I know this is an international sensation, the best show. But well, well, thank you. Mr. Pat Kiernan of mm-hmm. New York won. That was okay. his dream. Yeah. That was his dream to have that job with uh-huh. Kelly. Yeah. Well, and he should have just, set that sack record. They just tossed him aside. Mm-hmm. And now you've and now you've got to see Strahan like on the red carpet at the Oscars, it just makes my skin itch. It's very uncomfortable. I don't know why he's there. I don't know why he's there. I just want an explanation. Of why? Why was he chosen for broadcasting of all things? To me, it added he up. is the luckiest. You think he's the luckiest. Be- now, if you compare those two, mm-hmm. being the fourth best Beatle, yeah. mm, sounds so bad. I gotta say, it's food for thought. It's food for thought, Gil. We'll eat up. (laughs) We'll eat up. Okay. But just think of Tiki Barber. I saw him in at Newark Airport. (laughs) Why did I bring up the barbers? Six months ago, I saw him at Newark Airport, right? 
Okay. Carrying, taking his own shoes off to go through security, just like everybody else had to Stars put. Are his, just like us. He had to put his shoes in a tub, right? Had to put his shoes in a tub, just like everybody else. Had to put his he had like a book bag with him. You, you think Strahan has to do that? No, he no owns way. the airplane. He drives right on the runway, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. He's driving on the runway. They let him sit in the cockpit. Yeah, they let him in. But meanwhile, he watches, he sits in first class, and he watches Tiki do that walk past him into coach, just like I did with Kumail Nanjiani uh, earlier this year. Might have been the same flight, actually. Really? Might have been. I was like, oh, look at this uh, Look at this Tiki barber taking his own shoes off at the airport. Next thing, I sit on the plane, um, watch, uh, I see Kumail, who, who I know in first class, and I'm just like, Hey, how you doing? Walking past you. Don't worry, I'm in row six. <laughs> row six is so close. It's the second <laughs> one in coach. It's kind of like first class a little bit. It's like I'm not in row 27, back by the turlets in the back. I'm up front with you guys. I can like, I can like see the stuff you're eating up there and. I can maybe even look at one of your private screens and see what you're watching, but I'll be I'll be back here with the group watching Grown Ups too. The the, the the mandated film for this flight for all of us back here. But you watch uh I don't know, maybe you want to watch uh, The Bicycle Thieves or some <laughs> something great. Very, very cosmopolitan. <clears throat> what is the most famous person that you have been on a flight with? Oh, the lawn. I sat next to Dylan McDermott once. Really? I did. I did. <laughs> la dee I sat next to him in first class, guys. That's right. Pretty impressive. And at the end, I asked him, uh, I said uh, to him, hey, you were uh, funny in uh, the campaign <laughs> with uh, Zach Galifianakis. I know Zach. And then he, and at that point, I hadn't seen the campaign, but I just said he was funny in it. Did it go over well? Or? He was like, oh, thanks. Um, I've I've seen Artie Lang on a flight. I saw I sat across from uh, Mitch Hurwitz. See, you're sitting with a lot of these people, though. That's what's going on. You're up there in first mm-hmm. class. That's what's going on. When somebody else pays, you go in first class. Yeah, that's one of the good things about writing, Gail. Mm-hmm. Working they, in the biz. In the biz, when they fly you, they have to. It is. WGA rules. They wouldn't do it. They don't do it because they want to. They do it because they have to. They put you in first class. But uh, on my own dime, you think I'd ever pay for first class? Never. No. No. I got the heebie-jeebies when I got to buy that uh, that uh, that one with the extra leg room. This is not something you have to worry about. Oh, leg room? Yeah. Not a not a big issue for you. This is a height joke? Is that what it is? No, it's not a height joke. It's, if anything, it's a joke at my expense. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm the one who has to pay the price with it. You actually make off like a bandit on a flight. Unbelievable. Right? <laughs> no. I come here as a guest. Yes. It's not a height joke. It's a, you a have short the, guest. You have the height advantage on a flight. I You're do. the... I, do, I, I literally just put my feet up like where the mm-hmm. other person's head is. Yeah. It's perfect. 
You ever, uh, one time on a flight, uh, some kid was kicking the back of my seat, right? And then, like, I'm not going to say anything. The kid does that. You know what I, how I took care of it? What did you do? When I got up, went back, uh, to, uh, use the little boys' room. And then I'm walking back and then I'm passing by his seat and I whomped the back of his seat so hard. And made it like I was just holding on to seats as I'm like, you know, people like hold on to the seats as they're making their way up in the flight because I don't want to fall over. Let me just keep my balance with this. I go past his seat. Wonk. Do you realize how much His head literally more... went like a, like a bobblehead. How incredibly weird that is <laughs> as opposed to just addressing the situation is then trying to physically jar a child. I took care of it. He got the message. A kid then never done it. That kid never did it to me again. <laughs> Every flight I've been on, that <laughs> he never kid shows has, up. That kid's he gone. Knows. He knows what's good for him. <laughs> he yeah. got the message. Yeah, exactly. And he even said, "Message received." Is that how he talked? By baggage, he said that. <laughs> message received. <laughs> Let me look at some other people coming in for luckiest people alive. Let's see. We'll have a vote. Perry from Hound, one of my favorite bands. He says uh, Jackie the Joke Man. Um, let's see who else here. Uh, the entire cast of Full House. Uh, people like Michael Strahan. They're saying. Thank you, people. No, they like him. Oh, I thought they like my no, pig. No, no, no. Come on. Michael Strahan. I like Michael Strahan. Fred from Honolulu says. Listen, I'm not saying he's a bad person. I'm just saying, he it doesn't make sense. Fred from Honolulu likes uh, Michael Strahan. Fred, I'm sorry. Yeah. But it's how I feel. The second guitar player in Green Day. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> the guy behind the curtain. Let's see. Oh, like the added Green yeah. Day member yeah. who is usually remains nameless. Guy has to hold it all down. But at actually, this... He's actually the only... But at this point, he's mm-hmm. been... And Green Day, a long time, this extra yes, Green Day. Yeah, the extra Green Day dude. Bill Wennington from the Chicago Bulls, who was the white stiff who just was there to pick up fouls and shove uh, Patrick Ewing around. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Guy said, uh, well, this isn't exactly on topic here. I was once on a flight with Ron Jeremy. It was Southwest. He boarded after me. Okay. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> a weird. No why. Look, I'm as complicit in it. I read it on the air. I could. I saw it. I could have kept my mouth shut. Yeah, Fred from Honolulu. Not happy with you. Jeez, Fred. He likes Michael Strahan. He's a big fan. You know, Fred, it takes all kinds to make the world go round. It does. This take- is my opinion, Fred. Now, Gail Bennington, yes, Tom, Shepard. co-host of Bennington on Sirius XM, Raw Dog, right? You are obsessed with that Raw Dog. Well, yeah, I guess I am a little bit because it's you're always jelly. like, Raw Dog. I you're, am a You're little jelly bit. because you're not a Raw Dog. You know what um, I mean? Look, I You don't. I kind of am. I'll admit it. I'm not a Raw Dog. I'll admit it. Mike would fit in on that Raw Dog thing. Like oh, a, yeah. He is raw as all H, if you hear what he's saying back there. He, um, here's, here's a funny thing. 
to think of. Mike is is in in the producer chair for this show, for the best show. Yes. You have your own guy in the producer chair. And he's like, he's not unlike Mike in a lot of ways. You feel that they would get along, uh, Mike and my producer, Chris Stanley. Yes. Yeah, I feel like, because this guy, Chris Stanley, I think he's super funny. I think he's super funny, right? But he's like a, he's like a disaster, right? Like, you, I'm just saying, listening to the show. I feel like this feud is going to begin again. You guys well, have just, put the fire out, and now but you I'm ignited li- again. I'm listening to your show. He's, like, late, and he's, like... He was late last Friday. Wearing a T-shirt <laughs> with stains all over it, and, like... Well, it was a, it was a terrifying morning, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Chris Stanley... He, he normally likes to have a little drink to unwind himself. That's kind of his... Uh, <laughs> That's uh-huh. his thing. To unwind. So, um, so he's, he's wound. You're saying he's not done unwinding himself yet? Well, because he, he's on a, a – he's a dry-out period right now. Oh, and the dry-out period yeah. is actually harsher than during the time that he was drinking. Okay. So, so yeah, this, this last Friday he was late, late mm-hmm. for the show. And I had to be like, no, this is funny. But the whole time I was – so terrified, I had no idea where he was. Where did you think he could have? Did you think? Well, if you jail, re- we if you recall the Hudson, there was you know only a couple months before. Do you think one of those Circle Line boats is going <laughs> to find him? Yeah, right. They're like, what is that caught in the <laughs> thing? Dear God, with wearing blue blockers, right? Yes, that's his uh, signature yeah. shades. So you were you thought. You were saying it. Well, I have it like a, a, I'm a worry. I'm a worrier. That's yeah. my personality. Mm-hmm. So sure. if I find out that something is happening, even slight, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm creating a horrifying scenario that usually results in death. Yeah. And it, you it, you go from point A to B. Yes. To, oh yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah. But completely, I just, particularly when I don't hear from someone. Mm-hmm. The only answer within probably 60 minutes okay. of not being able – like I, I give myself like a good hour mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, this person just isn't getting back to me. And then after that time is up, it's full-fledged panic. Yeah. Then and that person is laying in a pool of their own blood. Sure. At some point, I am still that way, but I've made my peace with it. But I'm ready. I'm ready. What are we talking? Are we talking about your death right now, Tom? Is that where we're at? I've seen enough cool stuff. You embrace it. You're ready for it. Oh, I'm ready for whatever happens. (laughs) I'm I'm like I'm like notorious B.I.G. Ready to die. Whatever happens. Look, I want to live, but when it happens, it happens. It does seem though that the type of person that has to say that out loud (laughs) is probably. Not okay with it. And I'm only saying that. Well, I'm only saying that because people, some people are in such a panic about stuff mm-hmm. with that. I'm just ready. You're ready to go. I've seen enough. Life's exhausting. I'm like 80. I've lived, I'm like 80 in, in terms of my head. Like I'm like way up there. Like I'm like, some people are like, I'm still 19. I still feel learning like, yeah, and loving I'm life. I'm just a teenager still. It's like me. I'm just like, I'm like an 
super old, tired person. We'll see. You're ready for it. This call could be the best show. Hey, Tom. How's it going? It's going good. You're here with me and Gail Bennington. Hey, Gail. Hey. What's up, bro? Um, what's up? What's up? Uh, I got a couple for the topic. What do you got? Okay. Uh, the first one I had is Andy Serkis. Yeah, that's a really good one. Andy Serkis is, he played, he's the dude who, for for a movie, he'll be the guy who, like, wears the green unitard with the ping pong balls on it and, like, interprets the way Gollum would Oh, move. motion capture, yeah. that guy. The, yeah. So he did Gollum, and then there's another big character that he did. He did, like, the gorilla from the Planet of the Apes movie. <laughs> right? Well, I guess he's an ape. Well, because I just, it's, it's... Because I'm not really familiar with mm-hmm. either of those. Mm-hmm. I only realized that was the same person mm-hmm. because I feel like there was a moment maybe in the Oscars or something they were, like, showing... Was that the Oscars where they were showing clips of both of those characters or something? That's yeah, his, I that's his thing. About him. Could you imagine how easy... That would be, and then this guy's like known as like the guy. It's like, oh, he did the thing with Gollum, and he was like skulking around and stuff. It's like anybody could do that. I've actually worn a motion capture suit before. Really? Yes, I have because I used to work at Rockstar Games, and Rockstar Games uses uh, motion capture for their Mm cutscenes. So I have actually put one of those things on, and they are incredibly (laughs) awkward looking. Uh-huh. And immediately from stepping out in the middle um, of the soundstage, I was like, I would have rather have been uh, naked in front of my coworkers than, than a wearing a, a skin tight unitard uh-huh, with covered in balls. yeah little ping pong balls. And were you? What were you doing on it? Were you? I were, I was I was basically an extra. Okay. In a scene. Uh huh. So I, it wasn't anything big. I used to do like voiceovers and stuff for them. Yeah. But. Yeah, for that particular thing, I was just... Now, the moment when they hand you the green unitard and say, unitard, time, Gail. <laughs> yeah, right? slap it on. Here it is. And then you, like, leave the room, go to, like, some sort of changing room. Yes. And then is there a point where you're just like, I wonder if I can climb out this window? Yeah. Pretty much that exact feeling. Like you picture that they're just like, "Where'd she go?" And then like they knock, and nothing's there, and all they find is just on the 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 windows open, (laughs) and there's a couple of ping pong balls all around. And you're scaling down on the green unitard. Nobody looks good in those things. And as tight as they are, it's worse if it's uh, baggy in any place. Like that's a worse look. If you you have extra room, like it's bagging down by your legs, it's a very uncomfortable look. What about uh, Eric Andre can wear a green unitard very well? You ever watch the Eric Andre show? No. It's my, it's one of my favorite shows. It's super funny. It's uh, an Adult Swim show, and he does a thing called Bird Up on it, where he <laughs> wears he runs around New York, basically doing like a remote in that green nice. unitard, as if it's supposed to be like keyed in. <laughs> like stuff supposed to be keyed in later, but basically it's a guy in the thing, in in one of those green unitards bothering people. On so the he street. pulls it off. He pulls. Oh, he's the only person. Eric Andre is the only one who can pull off 
the green unitard. And certainly not this this Gollum fella. No, not Andy Circus. Just imagine <laughs> circus, him. Circus, is it? Like not not circus. Like I'm going to the circus. S e r k i s. Okay. But like he's like, he'll be like, Planet of the Apes. Like, I'm the ape from Planet of the Apes. So I went to the zoo, and then like I watched the apes <laughs> jump on, and then now I'm, ooh, ooh, ooh. and he's like in the thing, and then they're like, all right, here's uh, eight million dollars because you, ooh, ooh, ooh. like he he's like, ooh, 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 ooh. he's like doing all that stuff. It's like yeah. A nine-year-old can do that stuff. <laughs> if I was doing one of those Planet of the Ape movies, I'd tell him, hey, we reevaluated uh, our contract with you, and uh, I think this time I'm going to offer you $9 uh, to do it. <laughs> and then he's like, <laughs> he'll be, then he'll be like, don't you know who I am? And I'm assuming he's English, right? <laughs> don't you know who I am? <laughs> like he's Cary Grant. Who, wa- who wasn't English, right? Cary Grant's not English. He just had that weird Kelsey Grammer voice. American <laughs> dudes who sound like British, like they're British. Well, that's still like maybe transatlantic leftover accent, right? Where they were mm-hmm. kind of, it was like a hybrid mm-hmm. American. But where'd Kelsey Grammer get English. it? He's like from, he's like from he, Tucson. Somebody taught him <laughs> transit, transatlantic, I think. And his life was just like a giant mess. And then, but then he like acts and suddenly I'm playing this guy who's so, and then meanwhile, (laughs) he's like mixing it up with underage girls and getting arrested and just like, like, where's that pretentious, where's that book learning now, Mr. Smarty Pants? Where's that tossed salad and scrambled eggs? Yeah. Look, that song is good though. (laughs) Hey, uh. Did yes. you say one? I can't remember. He did. Yes. Gollum. This is Dave. Gollum, that's right. Thank you. You you cracked it wide <laughs> open. Thanks, buddy. I like that one. Best show. Hi, Tom. Hi. Who's this? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. This is, uh, this is John in Regina, Saskatchewan calling. Oh, exotic. You're here with me and Gail Bennington. Hello, Gail. Hello. How are you doing tonight? So, okay, so well, good. Come on, come on. So good. Where come on, are we dude. Going? You're, you're embarrassing me with this. Look, I listen to your show. I listen to your show. I'm not going to put down the people who call your show. It's like a, it seems like a fair amount of, of uh, truckers. You wouldn't and you couldn't. Fair amount of truckers. Right? That That's part of, of it. There's all types of folks. Mm-hmm. I started going on, Inst- on, on Periscope and then I would like talk to... I've never periscoped myself, and I never will periscope you myself. You should. I'm more a fan of interacting with those periscoping. Yeah. Like, I'll talk to a trucker who's doing a show from his cab at 2 in the morning, <laughs> and I've asked them multiple times, and we've talked about it on this show, about trucker law of whether they have, like, their own policing system right. amongst truckers, and they all deny it. I was like, you can't tell me you don't straighten a guy out in the shower at the sheets. Like if like if a guy's like got out of line on the road, you don't go in and like like they don't just like beat the tar out of them. Right. And like those, you know, you know those trucker things where it's like free shower with with fifty per, with fifty dollars worth of gas. 
You ever see that? No. No? You've never been to a truck stop? I guess I have. I didn't realize that they that, that was shower- part of the deal. Yeah, there's showers in there. I, I was unaware. Because those guys are sleeping in the cabs. Yeah. When did we talk about this, Mike? Last week. No, it was like, oh, Mike doesn't know what's going on. Jeez, Mike. I'm telling you, he's just like this Chris Stanley. He's just like this Chris. <laughs> they are two peas in a pod. Yeah. They would get along so well. Mike, you'd love this guy. You mean it? Why don't you bring him to masses one time? I mean, they both accessorize really well. Yeah. Mike's got a cowboy hat on. They're and... both raw dogs. Yeah. They are raw dogs. Oh, why am I the only one? I'm the odd man out again. I'm not a raw dog. Everybody's a raw dog but me. See, you just embrace it. You're putting everyone in the penalty box every time they're being raw dogs on your show. It's the truth. All right, what's going on with Saskatchewan? Is he yeah, here? I agree with you. <laughs> what's up? Hi. Uh, sorry, I'm no I'm no raw dog either. Either Tom, I'm on my third glass. Fair of, enough. Your third uh, glass of wine, wine. middle brow wine. Okay. Cool. Um. I have one for the topic. What do you got? I think uh, the luckiest person alive is maybe um, Family Guy creator Seth MacFarlane. I don't know if he's he, the luck. Uh, look, he was, I don't like it. He was it. almost on the nine uh, eleven flight. But well, he, that's uh, a fair point. Missed it. He was supposed to be on the nine eleven flight. Got off. Okay, so this is a very literal lucky. But then his show got canceled and then came back. Like family guy was it gone got for canceled like two years. Uh, in 2002 after he uh, after he had missed that flight. So if he had uh, if he had gone out on that flight, he would have uh, missed out on ten more seasons. Yeah, could you imagine? Could you imagine? So Seth MacFarlane, you imagine. like him though? You like Gail likes Family Guy? No, I was not saying that, but she I feel mouthed, like it's she different. just mouth. <laughs> Yeah, see, you're, now people can hear you. No, I just mouthed that. Okay. Um, no, I think... <laughs> I could hear that. I think that you are taking this opportunity to say who you don't like. But that's, what, as that's, opposed... that's what this guy's doing. Yes, not you. I'm I'm not you, Tom Sharpling. I'm well, saying you, um, this gentleman from Saskatchewan. Yes. I think that this is saying, I don't like this person, so therefore mm-hmm. they are the luckiest. Yeah. I think that 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 yeah. is a missing. Okay, well, Dennis Leary. Where does he? Ra- That's a pretty lucky dude, I think. You're gonna call him. You're putting him in your lucky, lucky. I think so. Buys a but it, cheap again, leather jacket at a Boston flea market. Twenty five years later, ever, ever those. Hey, it's a Ford F one fifty. Like those commercials where it's just like, you think this truck is tough. I'm telling you how tough it is. It's got two million pounds of torque or whatever the thing with the truck is. And then it's like, what does Dennis Leary know about trucks? <laughs> Think about that just for a second. When you're hearing one of those Ford F-150 commercials, Dennis Leary doesn't know three things about trucks. and But he's the voice of – he's the voice of everything tough. That makes him so lucky. It does, because somehow, because he, he has a smoker's cough, he somehow gets equated with just anything that's just, like, mainstream edgy. That, that gravel has really yeah. allowed him to coast in your book. Hey, buddy. Yeah, hello? Okay, I just wanted, 
I wanted you to say something so I could hear the sound of you getting hung up on halfway through it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he just it, wanted to know how we were. It's allowed him to coast. And that sex and drugs. Like, have you seen that show? What, what Look, is that? You might be friends with this guy. I don't want to rock the boat. I have never, I have okay. never met. This guy might be yes. one of your bros. <laughs> He's not my bro. See, you heard, I heard that what? again. You're not mouthing it. You're just saying it quietly. I didn't say anything. Best show. Uh, hi, this is Dan in Queens. Dan in Queens. Hey, Mike. Let's uh, let's get some uh, ladies in the mix here. This is these dudes are. This is uh, one's one's uh, flatter than the next. What's up, dude? <laughs> Sorry about that. No, no, no. I wasn't talking it's about not you. Oh. I'm talking about. I was talking about the the two before you. Not you, though. Okay, good. You're here to change the tide. What's up, Chief? Uh, I got one for the topic. What do you got? Um, I think people are starting to realize now that he might be the luckiest man in the world, uh, Phil Jackson. Yeah, the, oh, I'll, I'll agree with that. Look, I know for a fact, Gail Bennington yes. hates basketball, not for the reasons that normal basketball haters would think why don't you like basketball i don't like basketball because i cannot stand the squeaks of the sneakers on mm-hmm. the court mm-hmm. and it seems like a lovely game mm-hmm. but i have a hard time mm-hmm. because all i can hear are the yeah. squeaks and they send chills up my okay. spine every time i hear them have you ever wa- if you don't like the nba you know what you're definitely not going to like the nsba what, what the National Styrofoam Basketball no. Association. The oh ball is made of styrofoam. Oh my God, no! And when the guys catch it and pass it, is it real? <laughs> you're Tom, actually, is it real? You're actually repulsed by. No, it's not a real thing. Are you pulling up a clip? <laughs> no, I'm not. Here's uh, something from the NSBA Championships. It's the uh, game-winning uh, squeak dunk. <laughs> oh God! You actually. What does it feel like? It goes up the back of your neck? Yeah, right up the my spine. Yeah. And then, like, makes my tongue go numb. Mm-hmm. You know what sound I can't stand anymore? And I, it's just in just in what movies. What sound do you hate? What it's sound do you the love? sound, it's the over-amplified sounds of forks going into mouths in movies. Like, everybody eats in movies, like, shh. Like, like that thing shh. where the teeth, like, it scrapes yeah. the teeth as yeah. they, These people yeah. not use their lips when they work a fork ever? Mm-mm. Like... Isn't that a comp- am I eating wrong? So you're to, to not be to not just be scraping a fork across my teeth every time I eat. It is. Am I doing that wrong? Just no, right Tom, now. you are not doing it wrong. Okay. You are to mute the fork yeah. with your lips, as that is the polite thing to do. Yeah, there's these people in these movies, though. they're eating, and you hear every time it goes shh, <laughs> like it's like it's like metal across teeth. That's my. Styrofoam sound. So this dude on the line right now. Yeah. You're saying NBA coach Phil Jackson. Yeah. Who has never coached a team that didn't have a top 10 all-time greatest player in the history of the NBA on it. The worst team he's ever coached only had Scottie Pippen. 
on it in 94. But don't worry, Michael Jordan will be back in a little bit, and you'll win three more championships, because here he's back again, and now he's mad, and he's got Scottie Pippen, and here's Dennis Rodman, too. He'll help. Oh, but now you're going to go to Los Angeles, and then you got, oh, here's Shaq, and then they got this guy Kobe, too. Oh, and they're going to win a bunch of championships, but then Shaq leaves. Now you just have Kobe and Pau Gasol. Oh, no. What are you going to do except win another championship with Kobe Bryant, the most competitive human on the planet? Then he comes to the Knicks, and they're terrible because they're not, they don't have the world's greatest players on it. He's putting the thing together. Look, he drafted the poor Zingus. This guy, poor Zingus. Do you know who that is? I do not. He's the seven three dude. You ever eat at uh, at uh, uh, Veselka? You know what I'm. You know no. what Veselka is. No. It's a place, a pierogi place in uh, Manhattan. You should go there. It's very good. That sounds, he looks I like, like a, pierogi, He so. looks like a waiter at Veselka. Okay. But seven foot three. I swear, I thought one day he was working there. <laughs> I was like, I was like zinger, and then he was like, I'm five ten. I'm not seven three, dude. Yeah, so he drafted that guy. That was all well and good. But, yes, he is one of the luckiest people. He's always stepped into these situations. Oh, and he wins a championship with the Knicks with a broken arm. Yeah, he was like the, a scrub on the yeah, bench. The first championship he wins with the Knicks. He broke his arm earlier in the season and was taking photos of the team. But, oh, no, here's your championship ring. You make an excellent case. Thanks for the call, bro. Throw that one in the pot. That one goes way up on the list. For the luckiest. You watch the Oscars, right? I do and did. I yes. did not. I did you not. didn't. I don't watch award shows anymore. Cool. You know why? Hmm. They make me feel bad. <laughs> they just do. Well, I think I think you will love this last one, so go ahead and watch it. But like when you're watching it and you're watching people, you're just like, Cause like if you're trying to like write stuff and then you're like that person sucks, or I know that person and they suck. But just think of all the extra names you have. But I'm home, <laughs> and they're just like there. And might be talking about like, not saying I'm like oh jeepers, I'm so mad that Jennifer Lawrence is there and I'm not. Of course she is. I'm talking about when you when the writers win a thing and everybody goes up there. It's like a Looks like a dork convention on stage. I'm like, I know one third of the people writing on that show, and they one's worse than the next. But here I am at home making mean jokes on Twitter. So I said at a point, I'm out. I quit. I quit. Well, there's no reason for you to get grumpy about this. You have a fantastic life. You do exciting things. Oh no, I'm I'm not. Why are you being such a this is grumpy pants. No, oh, it's the opposite. I said to myself, it doesn't make me feel good. I'm not doing it anymore. So I stopped. And I'm happier for not you doing feel good? it. <laughs> Do I feel good? You feel better? You want to know what? That night, the Oscar night? Mm-hmm. I was watching, let me think what I was watching that night. I was watching something fun. And I was having a grand old time sitting there watching it. And then it was like, oh yeah, Oscars are on. Yeah, whoop-de-doo. 
What were you watching? I gotta know. Let me think. What was I watching? I don't want to ask Mike because that'd mean he's looking through my window. <laughs> what if Mike said he always seems to have watching. the answer though? What if Mike was like you were watching? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that'd be the worst. Um, no, I was watching something, and I was just like, "Oh, Oscars are on. Okay, that's fine." It doesn't make me feel good to just the whole culture of winning things and nominating things. Because you know why? It's not sports. Mm-hmm. That's what makes sports sports. Like, why does conversely sports has like the ESPYS where it's like, oh geez, I, I, it's really important that we have the ESPYS because how else would we figure out which basketball team was the best this year? Yeah, you know how we'd find out the finals of the NBA would now, tell wait, us like the ESPYS is that the one that um Caitlyn Jenner won the last one is that that sports I, I, award it might have been yes. But it's just like a thing. It's like, why are we giving awards to sports when all sports is, is right. awards? And for you, it's a definitive winner because you can't argue. Because yeah, someone scored more points than the other team. They won. Right. So give them the award. Why are we giving second awards? Oh! <laughs> you seem so much happier. You really oh, thank do. You. I just look so peaceful, <laughs> don't I? It's just like, it's like a portrait of contentment, isn't it? Here with Gail Bennington, co-host of Bennington on Sirius XM RD, mm-hmm. right? Yep. RD channel ninety nine on Sirius XM mm-hmm. weekdays uh, at noon east. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, if I may, yes. could I uh, plug another project? Sure. We also do, um, uh, Ron Bennington, and I also do a show. Uh, called GPS, which is a music show that we do the first Saturday of every month. So mm-hmm. we have one coming up this Saturday, uh, which is also on Sirius XM, and that's on Deep Tracks Channel 27. And this time we're doing the music of L.A. and the 60s, so that's another thing you can check and what, uh, out. What, what is uh – what is on that one? That, that like, what are some of your favorite things that made the cut? Well, I don't want to give too many spoilers. Well, what's but what's, like you know, there's a usual suspects. If you're gonna do uh, L.A. in the '60s, obviously the Beach Boys, mm-hmm. Crosby, Stills and Nash are on mm-hmm. there. Uh, one of my favorite bands, Love, is on mm-hmm. there. Sure, you get the idea. Yes. You see where we're going with this? What love song did you put? In? Let me see if I, I can bet I can guess. Let me see. I bet you can't guess. Alone again, or no seven no, seven? No, this is yes. deep tracks, baby. Okay, so you went We're going with uh, deep. you went with um the one that's like uh you went with uh, bummer in the summer. No, no, you went with uh between Hilldale and uh, it's from the first album. Okay, you went signed DC. Mm-mm. My little red book. <laughs> Which one? I thought you're guessing. I just guessed eleven songs. I don't know. I wasn't gonna give anything away, but also I so, can't remember which one. Yeah. So I'm looking. Okay, it up. I probably guessed it. <laughs> I'm trying to remember which one we played, but it's definitely from the first album. Mm-hmm. I can't remember now, but did you put um, Charles Manson on that? Yeah, another <laughs> LA recording yes. artist at that point. <laughs> So good, so influential. 
of the time. What did you put on it? Can't explain? No. Message to Pretty? Let me just turn the thing and I'll tell you what My flash on you? No. No matter what you do. Oh, guess what? It's on, from the second album. I just yeah. remembered. <laughs> this is fascinating for people. Okay. What song? To. I'm trying to remember. Daily Planet? No. This is boring. <laughs> and I'm the one perpetuating it. Keep asking. Best show. Hey, this is Alex in Nashville. Alex in Nashville. What's up, Alex? Proud. Nashville's proud this week, right? Proud city this week with the Aaron Andrews peeping uh, privacy case. I don't know anything about that. Great hotels down there. Go ahead. What's up now? Uh, I have an embarrassing celebrity encounter, if uh, you'll allow. Real quick. What do you got? Do you know the comedian actor Mike Birbiglia? Sure. Uh, I was lucky enough to be an extra in his uh, most recent directing mm-hmm. uh, yeah, movie, the, the improv as movie. a drummer. The comedian's movie. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, Why is it so funny? It's laughable. Fake, <laughs> there's a uh, fake SNL scene, and I'm playing drums in it, mm-hmm. and uh, it was. Yeah, I'm not speaking role. I'm not talking to anyone. I'm just kind of doing my thing in the back. And uh, they're having this lull in the shooting. And Mike Bigley is directing. He's doing a great job, working really hard. He's talking to someone else that's in the, the fake band. And uh, I figure I have to go to the bathroom. It looks like they're waiting on something. There's nothing going on. So I go up to him. And this is the first time I talk to him, first and only time. And I'm thinking in my weird twisted way this is like my FaceTime with him so i ask him can i go to the bathroom and he kind of just goes um maybe i'm not sure and then at the time i thought this was the funniest thing to say and i thought he was going to crack up laughing but he goes or sorry excuse me i say he says um maybe i'm not sure i say fine i'll just pee on my drums whatever and i thought he was gonna die laughing and he just kind of gives me this look Mm-hmm. Like, kind of almost grossed out, and he just says, I'll check. And then I just walk back to the drums feeling humiliated, and then later, hey, like, okay. we'll start going again. Look here, bro. Here's what I'm going to say. This is not an embarrassing celebrity encounter, and I'm going to give you a little uh, little uh, hard truth right here. You conducted yourself poorly in the workplace. Ah, uh, yeah. You were getting paid to be there, right? I did get paid. Yeah. You're a bad employee. Yes. It's not a bad, not a wacky celebrity encounter. <laughs> Mike Birbiglia employed you, and then meanwhile, you're like, can I go to the bathroom? You ask him, not one of the crew members who are all over the place. It sounds yeah. just like him, too. Yeah. You ask the writer and, and the star of this thing, the director, and can I go to the bathroom? He's like, um, I don't know. I'll uh, Maybe. I don't know. He's trying to think of 80 different things. He's directing a movie, and you just, can I go to the bank? He's trying to figure out, like, coverage and making sure they're getting all the stuff, and then they don't have the money to shoot in this other place, and a location fell through. And he's like, his mind's going, then he's still got to get in front of the camera and do his thing. Can I go to the bathroom? And yeah, then I immediately you, regret uh, it. Uh, maybe. And you're like, well, fine. I'll just pee all over my drum set. <laughs> and he's like, what am I doing? I'm trying to just make a movie. 
And he, he I want you to apologize to right now to Mike Birbiglia. Mike Birbiglia, I'm so sorry. Because? I'm shame the rest of the time. Because? Because I conduct myself poorly in the workplace. And I hope I didn't wrongly impact your movie. I hope I didn't wrongly impact your movie. And I wish you nothing but the best I wish in all you future endeavors. In all your future endeavors. Thanks, bro. I'm trying to right wrongs yeah, here. Yeah, you've got it together. Yes. Also, even though I said I wasn't going to spoil it, yeah. it's My Flash on You is the song. Okay. But only because I couldn't remember because it was no. a little switcheroos there because originally it was going to be um, a house is not a motel. Okay. But Which, what, all we're doing please. is a line between you're not giving the store away. You're just promoting what you're doing and giving people well, a – There you go. If you like uh, that song by Love, yeah, then you will love No GPS Manson, though. You didn't get LA. Manson in there. Nope. <laughs> No uh, garbage dump. <laughs> you didn't get, you didn't Damn get it. it. Why didn't we? Right. Hey, girl, what's your game? <laughs> I just listened to uh, Helter Skelter, the audio book for Helter Skelter. Yeah. 30 hours. Nice. It's like being stuck inside the Manson trials. So now I get this Manson thing on the brain a little bit. Sure. So I'm reading about this movie. The guy talks to this Vincent Bugliosi, the guy who prosecuted the trial. So I start reading about, he's talking about this movie, Manson, this movie that came out in 1974, Manson, the, man, the movie called Manson, it's a documentary. So I start reading about it. It's not on DVD or anything right now, and mm -hmm. I want to see it. And by the way, I'm going to say this to listeners right now. These are the three things I want from you guys. <laughs> I want the... This Manson movie. <laughs> I want the uh, audio book for the Ethan Cohen, uh, the one Cohen brother who put a thing out called Gates of Eden. He got all different actors to play in it. It's currently out of print. Someone sent me that. And I also want to get into the Roden Crater in in Arizona. Wait, do you just you just announce things that I am you now? Want I've never done this before. To gift you? Well, this is just these dirtbags are stealing stuff. I almost cursed. I <laughs> so know. Stealing. I almost turned your raw doggy. Oh. But you know that you... Maybe I'm more of a raw dog than I thought I was, <laughs> gal. Deep down, we're all raw inside. But all I want is like, these people are just stealing stuff left and right. Kick me the file. That's yeah, I'm but I, I'm just... I did not know that you would just go I, out and say, send me these things. I finally it, did. It's much like, um, you know, that's a thing that porn stars do now and internet famous uh, sexy ladies and such mm -hmm. they will have like an Amazon yes, account I've, I've, I've and then they will say yeah. like these are some things mm -hmm. and some of them are sexy some of them is like lingerie or like some high heels that she wants some of them just like some stuff she needs like yeah. for her house yeah it's just like a, like a mop she really wants for <laughs> like, so, people, I, I bought you that mop did you get the mop? <laughs> hey, it's me. I bought you the mop. Did did you like the mop? <laughs> She's um, like, oh yeah, yeah, the mop. Thanks oh, for the mop. I loved it. Do you need Do you need any Windex? Yeah. Or 
or any other mop-related things you need. You ever try a Swiffer? <laughs> you should try. They're good because it's disposable. It doesn't make as much of a mess as a mop. What if I send you a Swiffer? <laughs> Just put it on my account. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm reading this thing here. The guy who directed the movie and it's like one of these, oh, this dude who directed the movie is one of these insane people who's like trying to maximize all the footage from the thing. And he's like, I got a second Manson movie coming out with outtakes from the thing. But then he puts this on his website. Special Manson book offer for high schools and colleges. <laughs> Because the paper and ink book publishing business is in a bad way and the DVD market has all been destroyed by illegal download, which I'm not helping apparently with that, the exclusive film network has come up with a special marketing idea for our new Manson book, Death to Pigs. As well as documenting the 1960s revolution and true story behind the crime and trial of the 20th century, we also want to help save America's schools from financial neglect. Here's how it can work. We sell about 15 copies of our new Manson book to a school's drama students, and they, in turn, will be allowed to perform the work on the school stage as a play and make a handsome profit. The school will be granted permission under copyright to perform the work via live performances for a continuous run of the program for up to one semester. Performance royalties ordinarily due the author, Robert Hendrickson, will be waived entirely. So instead of a high school or a college just performing the same old run-of-the-mill entertainment programs, young actors will have a an opportunity to do something really dramatic, meaningful, mentally stimulating, brand new, and profitable for their school. This can easily become a win-win situation for everyone involved. Because the Manson book is in major part design designed to be like a movie script or play, with the dialogue being non-fiction reality at its compelling best, this work lends itself perfectly to being performed by up-and-coming dedicated actors. There is also the 1973 Academy Award-nominated Manson, the movie I'm asking a listener to uh, provide to me, and the more recent Inside the Manson Gang films, available on DVD. Not currently, but I right. would have just gotten one <laughs> if that was the case. So the actors can actually see and hear how their respective characters look and act. But what makes this offer a true once-in-a-lifetime opportunity is the fact that nothing like it has ever been offered before. And the possibilities for a school's self-promotion are limitless. I mean, are you following what he's saying? Yes, I think I... Do the Manson murders as a school play. I think that that would be highly entertaining. And a lot of people, you know what, a lot of people don't like to see mm. school theater. Yeah. This, everyone would show up for it. There are programs like American Idol, America's Got Talent for Natural Born Singers, and train variety at performers to gain important recognition for their talents. But where does a dramatic actor showcase his or her special communication skills? Mm -hmm. Yeah, wouldn't you like to, because you could play Susan Atkins or yeah. Squeaky Fromm or, you know, right? Yeah. You could play uh, uh, Scramblehead, you know, Clem Grogan. This is great. Or maybe even. Show a, your true range. Yeah. I would. We suggest that aspiring actors in progressive schools get a copy of our book, Death to Pigs, and determine if they are up for such an ambitious project. We can provide these tools, but in the end, each school must have at least 15 extremely talented and dedicated actors, 
plus a director who will make sure that as the show ignites the stage, the audience is glued to their seats. And yes, if your performance is worthy of the public's attention, the media will do more than just mention it. Yes, they will. They will get the principal fired is what they will do. This is just like, can't you just see a principal, like the dumbest principal in America saying, yeah, this seems all right. Yeah, this seems totally fine. They do death to pigs. What should we do this year? Bye bye birdie or, or this Manson death to pigs thing? I think it'd be uh, fun um, to see some of the kids play, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, uh, you know, uh, cause, uh, Tyler, that, like, he seems like such a, he'd be, I think he'd be a really good Charles Manson. <laughs> like, like a 15 year old Charles Manson. He has those crazy eyes, like, like Charlie. Well, I went to a performing arts high school, actually. Mm-hmm. In New York City. Okay. And I feel that this would be right up their alley. Was it the fame school? I mean, um, well, it's one of the two schools mm-hmm. that fame was based on, but it's not the one that they shot Okay. In. That is LaGuardia, okay. I believe. But, yes, it's uh, – and I think this would be right up their alley because uh, the year that – one of the years I was there, mm-hmm. they did hair. Okay. And um, they were trying to get the – yes. And they were trying to get the okay to do the fully nude uh, performance. (laughs) (laughs) They were underage high school. And it was the principal who was behind Mm -hmm. it. And she was like, you know, this is my artistic Mm -hmm. vision. This is what I want. Naked high school students doing hair the way it was meant to be done. Just imagine – um, but I think they, they just did like weird like, yeah. skin tight suits. They did vocab suits, uh, pretty much. The principal would say, good news, everybody. <laughs> this nude high school version of hair we're doing, we've sold out 1,400 <laughs> performances. You guys are going to be here for the next, <laughs> for the next three years performing, admittedly, it might be a different clientele than the schools used to seeing come through, <laughs> but the house is going to be packed every night. But we don't need to do any more bake sales yeah. for a while. Yeah. Hey, did you get the, <laughs> the, the guy, same guy? The guy's like, the guy. did you get the mop? <laughs> Wait, I'm going to see hair. I'm going to see hair at this high school. In our fast-changing world, it's time for America's education system to begin thinking outside the box. This is, the, this is mm-hmm. in conclusion. Yeah. In Germany, a college professor who teaches American history once remarked, to understand America in 1960s, one must learn about the Charles Manson family. While dealing with controversial subjects may be too delicate for, delicate for some institutions to handle, such an experience provides the essential ingredient upon which freedom survives. I will say this. If there is a high school that takes this dude up on this, if you hear about such a thing going down, please let me know. I will go anywhere in the United States to watch high school students do this. Absolutely. This is... I love it. Could you imagine the kid who is the star... Like running yeah. home, like mom, I got Samson. Yeah. Like, yeah, they put they, they like the things posted in the in the hallway at the school. Everybody crowds around. I think I got it. I'm Manson. I'm Manson. I'm gonna play Manson. Another kid looks at it. It's like, oh man. He looks at it. 
man, I'm Soup Spoon. Because there was a dude when they arrested everybody for uh, on Spawn Ranch for uh, illegal dune buggies. Before they arrested everybody, they raided it for auto theft. And they arrest, one of the Manson family they arrested was a dude whose nickname was Soup Spoon. Soup Spoon. Which, just picture Charlie going like, your name's Soup Spoon. Right? I'm calling you Soup Spoon. Because you always <laughs> spoon that soup. And like, you'll be the worst of characters to yeah. get. I'm Soup Spoon. Uh, I just, uh, can I have a talk with you? Uh, my son... Like the stage parent. My son is a really good actor. And I rehearsed this Death to Pigs with him. Getting ready for this. I have to say, there's no way that this other child did a better Charles Manson than my son. There is no way. Mm -mm. Now he's Soup Spoon. Yeah. Oh, I do think you're... Maybe your son could play, uh... Uh, Charles Bugliosi and Vincent Bugliosi Charles Bugliosi would be his brother at least he didn't get the fetus role that's that raw dog raw dog poking through right (laughs) raw that joke was a little raw now I see it hey Mike Mike mark that down he doesn't even know what he I does, told him. He, he has said, no he said, idea. He said, okay. He said, I'll mark it. <laughs> Seriously, we should get Mike and, the, and Chris Stanley to hang yeah. out. Yeah. And, you know, we also talked about you possibly mm-hmm. directing mm-hmm. a Chris Stanley Periscope. Because he does his Periscope. He does. He thinks he's like the... He actually was bragging that some that someone called him the Roman Polanski of Periscope. He did. No one should ever brag to He's be called the Roman circle. Yeah, the Roman Polanski of anything. Like you just don't brag about that. <laughs> He's I heard He's that. very he's very pleased with that title and he The funniest thing I've ever seen was cuz he's like a fan of the Mets, right? Right. Uh, yeah, was a fan of the Mets. <laughs> One of the funniest things, and by the way, if if uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton are the 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 nominees for the thing, it will feel America is about to remember when the Mets and the Yankees were in the World Series, yes. and everybody was like, "I don't care about either of these teams. It's just New York. New York sucks. This is going to be Mets and Yankees presidential race. Yeah, it's the subway election. Yeah, the subway election where it's like." I don't care about either. I hate New York. Those two people are from New York. I hate it. That's what it's going to be. The rest of the country might not vote. It might just be New York State. So he did this video when the Mets finally inevitably flamed out and lost the World Series. Yes. Where he burned his hat, which I've watched with – I showed it to my wife (laughs) – and Terry T, she has repeatedly said to me, like, if, if like, we will be listening to Bennington in the car, she'll be like, like, that's the guy who uh, had that Mets uh, freak out, right? Burned his Mets <laughs> thing on Periscope. I'm like, yeah, that's the guy. Because <laughs> he, he, he poured lighter fluid on 
his yeah. met hat in yeah, the street. Yeah, he placed it in a dustpan, <laughs> which I thought was actually very responsible <laughs> that he had gently yeah. placed yeah. The, it in a dustpan. Yeah. The fans are out of control. Let me just get my dustpan set up here. Like, like. He was also, I think it was funny that he was quieter than he usually was, mostly because he did not want to be arrested for arson. Yeah. For burning a Met hat. See, now I was just about to quote something, and I could have been, ended up in the penalty box. You would have been it. in the penalty box. I, it's very difficult. It is hard. I'm not saying it's easy. It's not easy. Who else are some of the luckiest people here? Bill Wyman. I don't know. Bill Wyman did fine. Here's one I, I think I agree with, Dudio. You see that, Dudio? You got put up. You know, I think one of the luckiest people ever is me. Because I get to do this show and hang out with all my friends listening every week. And I get to do it with the world's greatest team here. AP Mike and Dudio and Pat Byrne. Every week. And then I have friends like you come by or Lance Bangs. Or new friends like Claire O'Kane come by. I think I'm the luckiest person alive. That's beautiful. Best show. Hey, this is Chris in St. Pete, Florida. Chris in St. Pete, Florida. What's up, Chris? I was born in St. Pete, Florida. Whoa. I I heard you all talking about um, Florida accents earlier. I didn't know you were from St. Pete. That's right. You want to have a little Florida talk Uh, right now? (laughs) <laughs> well, the, the first time I called in, find the out about show, the, my... the Piggly Wiggly still there or whatever. <laughs> what would be the place you I hung don't out at? Care for this sassafras? Where did you right hang now? out? I was a child. I was just a baby. Okay. So the if the the Chuck E. Cheese is still there, I did go to a Chuck E. Cheese there, of course. You ever hear adults like, have Chuck like you ever hear adults be just like you? You kid, like. I can't go, like, you got all the video games in there. I can't go into it. No, you can't. It's for children. It's creepy if you go in there. They're just trying to keep creeps out. They have rules about that? Like, you can't go without a child? I think you have to. Because that's, because they, you know, in in park, or at least in playgrounds in the city, Mm -hmm. there's a sign that says if you are not accompanying a child, Mm -hmm. you are not allowed allowed to be. Yeah. On the swings, essentially, which is all I really want. There was something about a Chuck E. Cheese, uh, about whether you're allowed in or not. I think they make him wear like a headband or something, like some like (laughs) Like glow in the dark. Scarlet letter that they have to walk around and say, this man is not a father. Yeah. He's just a weird person. (laughs) He's here. It's a guy who just loves video games. He loves skee-ball. I just want to rack up some points. It's like. That's why they have Dave and Buster's. Yeah. He's just a guy who loves getting those little um, erasers that you can put on your finger with with two million tickets. (laughs) Yeah. Get the little eraser. Get a ring that looks like a spider. Yeah. (laughs) Spider ring? Like a plastic spider. Uh, That's my jam. You can buy, like, at least... 20 to 30 spider rings uh-huh. in, yes. just, in and, just a few short hours. And it only cost you $140 <laughs> and all day at a game that isn't fun to play, actually. 
a game that you realize right. partway through, <laughs> I'm not enjoying this. I just now have to get something for the time I already right. squandered. Caller? Yes. What's up? Down in St. So, yeah, Pete's. I have one for the topic, luckiest person. I heard you call it on online, but um, I want to talk about Lars Ulrich because, I don't know, have you seen the movie Some Kind of Monster? What do you think? Just, you just, <laughs> just take a step back, realize who I am, and the things I talk about on this show. <laughs> now, ask yourself... <laughs> Do you think you don't think I got around to seeing some kind of monster yet? The question well, should be how many times have I seen some kind of monster <laughs> and would I do I have Phil Towel's autograph hanging on the wall? That was the the, the Metallica's uh psychiatrist. Yeah, that's the sweaters. I've um, seen it. So yeah, what do you think but, but Lars like, Ulrich? His biggest stress was like, you know, how much money he made from his paintings and stuff. I just think he's in a pretty fortunate position with, and I don't think like like Ringo. I don't think anybody defends his drumming. Lars's. No, they don't like it. So Ringo at least has uh, uh, he like looks at Lars Ulrich and he's just like like you're the next version of me. <laughs> Pay it forward, peace and love, peace and love. A message for my fans. I need to hear that one more time because now, because oh you've heard it once, it's going to sink in. Now, the second time you hear it, the the, it, the subtleties will flourish. I'm telling you, you're going to hear it and you're going to be like, all right, yeah, he, this guy, I hate this guy also. Where is it? Okay. Not going to play that. Oh, boy. It's really backfiring. Ringo, star. All I want is an autograph, but I won't sign any more things after August, October twentieth. Right? He should. He should have. That would have been fun if he would have done that. Then I'd be like, "All right, that's fair." If he would have been like, "I know you all want autographs." But my hand really hurts, and I'm 74 years old. Peace and love. Then I would have been like, okay, that's fair. But not this angry. Where is it? What if it won't, it won't let me click it? YouTube's pushing back. <laughs> it's like the it's like the JFK thing. When you, the, the, uh, the, the, the James Franco, the Stephen King book. They won't let you mock him any longer. What's going on here? It literally will not let me click the thing. I tell you. That's it. Fair enough, Ringo. I think that means he's been moved off the luckiest. Well, that means he's he won this round. He used all that. Uh, he even got YouTube on his side. He used, he used all that, that caveman money. You ever see the movie Caveman? Oh, this is what you should see. See the movie Caveman. Okay. And then... I defy you to come back to me and be like, no, he's talented. It's a movie where he We're plays. We're talking about the incredible movie Encino Man. And yes, I've seen it. But he went and did <laughs> Brendan. listen to what I just you said. You said Encino Man, you've seen it. Go on, caveman. No, say what he's you're going to say. He's a caveman, go ahead. Look, admittedly, 
I'm obsessed with getting this thing to play. I'm I sorry. Know. You were I know. talking. I glazed over a little bit because I <laughs> have to hear this thing play again. Just drop it, Sharpling. Just drop it. When you type in Ring of Star and then the letter A, you know what pops up? No more autographs. There it goes. Be the hero of your own oh. life. If your life. Oh, my God. That ad is one minute and 15 seconds long. I've never, ever watched one of those super long ones before until that meathead's face popped up on YouTube. And it started now. Forget it. Okay, forget this guy. Skip it. Go make someone eat some worms. This is a serious message to everybody watching my... Update right now. <laughs> peace and love. Peace and love. I want okay. to tell you, please, after the 20th of October, do not send fan mail to any address that you have. Nothing will be signed after the 20th of October. If that has a date on the envelope, it's going to be tossed. I'm warning you with peace and love, but I have too much to do. So no more fan mail. Thank you, thank you. And no objects to be signed. Nothing. Uh, anyway, peace of love, peace of love. All right, when you pull up the visual, yeah. it helps a lot. Yeah. It, yeah. it changes it. Yes. You see how angry he looks in it. And and the shades help. Yeah. His whole look helps. I get it. I see where you're coming from. You know what, I, you know what this makes me want to see more than anything else? If I had money, and I don't have two nickels to rub together, this is what I would do. I would get, I'd hire people to write, write like autograph requests mm -hmm. for Ringo Starr. Can you sign this? Can you sign that? I'd fill like a dump truck with it, right? And I'd just dump it right in front of his gate. Right. It's just like he'd be like on his property and all of a sudden like the dump truck, like boop, boop, boop. What's going on? I'm asking that with peace and love. What is that truck doing in front of my gate? <laughs> and then I'd be like, oh, it's some autographs we uh, wanted you to sign, some requests. You'll do this, right? I don't do that. And they put the video after October 20th. Oh, okay. Well, well, you'll just sign this batch, though, right? These 400,000 autographs. And then the truck would just dump it, and it would, like, dump on him, and then he would get full. And you'd just see, like, two Skechers sticking out of the <laughs> pile because he wears Skechers. Peace and love. Those last words. Yeah. Thanks, bro. No, he wouldn't die. Oh, sorry. That's, that's that raw I'm, dog, too, I, coming through. Listen, this is all you. A raw dog wishes death on someone like that. I, I truly don't. And, in fact, I feel like I'm one of the only people to stand up for Mr. Ringo's star tonight. All that, I'm saying is, come on. The, guy's, the guy right. gets it. But, look, you're mad at a football player. Oh, my. You know what? what? You I have a gap in his teeth? No. And you know what? I love that gap in his teeth. That's, like, one of the only things I like about him. Okay. I could just stare into that gap mm -hmm. for eternity. <laughs> Well, it sounds like you're going to completely the other side. Now you're like, you're like. But that, but not a broadcaster doesn't make. Okay, so you see him. Doing I really, his I thing. feel like you know what? You didn't see the Oscars. I have a feeling you've never seen him with Kelly. If you saw it, have I seen him with? I've watched 
hundreds of episodes of that show. Go on. I watched so many episodes of that show. One day they'll call me. And you know what seat number I'm going to pick? What seat number? 88. And under that's who wins in the audience. Uh-huh. Yeah. They don't call. I always know what the thing is the day before. Danny DeVito was on the show, and he mentioned that he likes a certain <laughs> kind of sandwich. It's grilled cheese. You're a winner. Let's spin the wheel now. I watched the show. Got Pat St. John doing that voice. All right. On it. Fine. I didn't know you were such a big Strahan fan. Stray fan. Stray man. You're a stray man, a stray fan. A stray. And I also feel like you read the one tweet that disagreed with me. I bet there's a sea of people out there singing my praises. I'm going to search just stray hand. I'm going to see if anybody. (laughs) Let's see. Stray hand, stray hand. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. The Strahan conversation is so unexpected and good. Michael Strahan was in one of the two fantasy casts I made this season. I don't know what's going on in that guy's house. I'm going to count that as... Fred from Honolulu. (laughs) Oh, not him again. This is what he said. We already know what Fred thinks. He started off with a curse. He said, or what we call now uh, over here, we call... uh, He started his tweet off raw dog in it with the F word. Believe effing love stray hand in broadcasting. Never seen a dude trying so hard to make you forget he could crush your skull. Okay, I think that that's sarcastic. I don't know. He loves them. <laughs> no, wrong. See, you're just okay. Look, admittedly, it's cooking the pretty books thi- here. It's pretty thin soup over here. <laughs> looking for people ripping you for this stray hand thing. Fair enough. Hey, you on the air? Yeah, hi. Did this we Steve in New York? Okay, what's up, Chief? Uh, I've got the uh, movie, the Manson movie, on a videotape. I don't want a videotape. Um, Get off my phone. What year is it? Yeah, videotape. Uh, Next thing, he'll send me the videotape. Then, then I'm gonna just say, "Hey, you know what I need from you guys? A VCR." <laughs> Then I'm going to be like, hey, you know what I need from you guys? Some cables to go off the VCR. Hey, you know what I need from you guys? An old TV that you can book a VCR up to. Hook it up on my Amazon account. Yeah. Hey, I could send you a mop. (laughs) Hey, Tom, I could send you a mop. (laughs) Best show. Hey, Tom. Hi. You're on with me and Gail Bennington. Hey, Gail. Hi. Bennington. Yes, Gail Bennington. This is Rich from Chicago. What's up, Rich? Uh, Not much. I just moved here today from Philadelphia. Congratulations. You're leaving uh, the city of brotherly love behind. Right. Why'd you move? Eagles. Uh, It was for work. For work? What are you doing now? Uh, I'm in advertising. They gave me a promotion. One person thought... That you were talking about Jason Statham. <laughs> no, nah, but throw him in the mix. Why yeah. not? He sucks. <laughs> I can't act. <laughs> I'm here to tell you about. He'll be like, which one of you mugs wants to get punched out first? 
Pretty good impression. Thanks. Somebody's saying here, Strahan kills it in Magic Mike XXL. Oh, Did you see that? No, I didn't see XXL. I didn't see. I've never seen a Magic Mike. Do you want to know who has seen Magic Mike and Magic Mike XXL both in the theater? Tom Sharpling. No, Dudio. Really? Right? Dudio's a huge XXL <laughs> fan. <laughs> All right. He's a big member of the XXL universe. The Magic Mike universe. Yeah. All right. So you moved, right? <laughs> yeah. So what's yeah. your job now? Uh, well, now I'm just uh, a manager, man. You know, of in advertising, manager of uh, a team. All right. Well, make some yeah. good ads. Trying. I was wondering if you knew uh, if you had any good spots I should check out or anything like that in in this town. Yeah, check out Wrigley Stadium. Get off my phone. Best show. Hi, Tom. And I'm not from Chicago. Jackson, I've been to Chicago three times. <laughs> Any cool spots to hang out at? Like, there's not a better person to ask that to, <laughs> right? I'm not even. It's just mm. there's just someone better to bring that question to. We got a short fuse tonight. I. I think this. Hey, caller. Yes, sir. What's your deal? And do uh, I have Jeff a short fuse Texas. tonight or not? I'd, it, you just you you're you, Tom. You're always you. It's a, that's why that's what we tune in. That sounds like a yes. That sounds like you think I have a short fuse. <laughs> you're you. It's like saying you can't help it. Wait, who is this? Jefferton from Texas. Jefferton from Texas. What's up, Jefferton? I have one for the topic. What do you got? Stan Lee. Is the luckiest person on earth? I see. I think that's a little bit of uh, look. Did he did he boost stuff from other dudes? Of course he did. Is that the the problem? He he stole from people. Is that why? Yeah, he, he took credit and did all sorts of uh, and and was not generous with things. And but he quickly buried all of his like coworkers in his own ascent. But he still did something there. It's not like he didn't do anything. Well, I mean, he invent, I mean, Marvel method, yeah, but I mean, that's really just you shorthand. You just you just invented shorthand for scripts and didn't pay artists and acted like yeah, you're, you're being you're being too shot. hard. You're being too look. You're you're being way too. I'm with Gal on that line of thinking where it's just like you think he sucks, right? So you're saying he's the luckiest? No, no, no. I I don't think Stanley sucks at all. I love Stanley. I cheer every time he shows up in a Marvel movie. I just cheer? feel like he's one of those. Yeah. <laughs> please, yeah, please don't tell yeah, me yeah. which. Please don't let me see one of these Marvel movies with you. Yeah. And boy, yeah. you should have seen his his thing. You know how he does those uh, those things in all the Marvel movies? Like he'll do like a cameo yeah. in them. In the in Deadpool. Because Deadpool is like a total, uh, total uh, R-rated bad boy. Yeah. He uh, he was in a strip club. He was like a strip club DJ. It's like even Stan Lee does like a dirty cameo. Oh, he's the DJ. Stan Lee is yeah. the strip club DJ. Yeah. 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 These Stan Lee characters, these cameos, running out of gas a little bit. Um. <laughs> What's this person said? Always a pleasure, you jerk. I guess I must have just, I must have been the guy I hung up on. Oh, God. See? How about that? 
<laughs> Those are real people on the yeah. other line. I know it is. But, you know, I'm here to do a show, not to, not to, not to, I'm here to make. You're not here to make Tons friends. of people. Yeah, this is not called, <laughs> it's not called show friendship, Cal. It's called show business. Hey, Jefferson? Yes, sir. See? I'll do anything for a cheap laugh. Um, I'm here. You ever see Saturday Night Live? Yeah. In, in per- no, of course. I've, I've got a couple. <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, years. what if you're like, dude, what's that? <laughs> like, I didn't mean it that way. I mean to say, did you ever, um, have you ever attended a taping? I have never attended a live mm. taping mm. of Saturday Night Live. It's fun. But it's not that fun, much fun. You know why? Because it's they're doing it for the people at home, not for you and the not for the three hundred people. But it, it's got to be still a cool experience. Oh, it's to, uh... super exciting to be there. But half the time you can't even see what they're doing, right? Because they're like underneath you almost. And mostly you're just watching it on exactly. screen. Exactly, you're yeah. watching it on television there, but it, you're bringing the energy to it to help the millions of people not there. That's what these calls. I'm not here just trying to make everybody feel great about how the calls went tonight. This right. is for everybody else. You're right. It's not for the. It's not inside baseball. We're doing it for everybody. All right, one more call, Mike, and then I'm. I got to hit the highway. I'm bounce everybody out of this place. Best show. Hi, this is Lee from Fayetteville, Arkansas. Did any women call tonight? <laughs> Literally. Did we have any women call tonight? <laughs> there was one woman who didn't stay on the line. You know, the last time mm-hmm. that I uh, did the best show with you, yeah, uh, there was all male callers. Okay. And it drove you so crazy yeah. that it inspired you the to do an entire month, month. I believe. No of, dude Vember. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe it's me. We might be heading toward... The march of no dudes. <laughs> if if we did no dude vember, this might be the march of non dudes. Yeah, toward the best show. I think you know what it is. It's this raw dog thing. Really, I was thinking it's like I'm bringing all the estrogen the best show could handle. Well, you and Claire. True. I would say. I disagree with that respectfully. I think you bring a certain. Well, thank you for respectfully doing it. That really would have hurt me. Because <laughs> I was. It really would have cut like me was, deep, Tom Sharpling. I was tiptoeing here. I was worried. <laughs> I was like, I better, I better soft pedal this one. <laughs> I feel like you bring the raw dogs out of the woodwork. Really? Yeah. Because this raw dog's in chains. I haven't said anything raw dog <laughs> so that's like, <laughs> this whole time. You know what you should do? What would you think about this? I'm not telling you what to do. Okay. You know the song Free Bird by Leonard Skinner? Yeah. You just do it and you call it raw dog. You know, it's just usually like, because this raw dog, because this raw dog will not change. <laughs> yeah. Right? And you're from Florida too. Yeah, perfect. Just like, just like. Yeah. And how was that guy a rock star? Just imagine, you know, I went to see his rock show, 
he was 28, but he looked like he was like pushing 60. He's like a weird troll with blonde stringy hair. And he sang a song like his wife was in the audience and he sang a song called What's Your Name? Uh, imagine his wife the moment he's just like, I wrote a new song. She's like, ooh, what is it? It's called What's Your Name? And he's like, and she's like, ooh, what's it about? It's about me being on tour, not even knowing the name of these skanks I'm hooking up with in hotels. Oh, that's that's a fun song, Ronnie. (laughs) Don't worry. Another one for the list for the luckiest. Yeah. Don't worry. I also sing about doing a lot of cocaine in it too. (laughs) What's up, bro? I had a person for the uh, luckiest people live. Who? Uh, Doug Benson. <laughs> That's not true. No. Doug's a funny guy. Get out of town. He's a funny guy, but his life currently is just amazing okay well yeah well, but now okay, this you, is a okay. now you're paying a compliment well, well that's it if you mean it if it, it, it sounds like you're saying it in a positive way then i could see that and that's like how i was saying it how i'm lucky in a positive way yeah that i have all these great people in my life and i get to do this show every week mm-hmm. yes not to say undeserving so you're saying it more in a jealous way yes like mm-hmm. his life is incredible mm-hmm well, he's got a handful of podcasts like yeah. which revolve around smoking weed, sure. eating food, and talking about movies. Yeah, well, you could do the same Funny thing, people. right? <laughs> I guess that's true. It sounds like you are doing it. Yeah. This dude sounds... Live your dream. <laughs> your, look. Follow your bliss. Be the hero in... What was it again? In your own movie. Be the hero of your own movie. And your movie, the hero, is just a dude smoking pot. A whole lot. That's a that's a movie, I guess. Right? I've seen movies like that. Cheech and Chong have had movies. Yeah. Your hero in the movie. Your if you your movie True Romance would be about the Brad Pitt character. Oh my god! Right? <laughs> that would be the best. If that was his movie, he'd be just like, it's about this dude just smoking pot. And, I don't know. I guess other things probably happened to the other people. I don't know. I wish that that would be a real. Squeakle that they would do to real squeakle. <laughs> to I thought you didn't like squeaks. True too. You got me. You got me. What he said. He said. I thought you don't like squeaks. That's what he said. Oh, bringing up the squeaks. I love it. The low blow. That was UCB level. <laughs> Thanks, bro. That guy. That guy caps it off. He. He really does. He really. Uh, I gotta say. He put that raw dog in the in a ca- in the cage. Yeah, right. Put me where I belong. <laughs> Gail Bennington, you're the best. Thank you so much for having me back. Thank you for coming on back. the best show. Yes, if only you would reciprocate. I that that is and invite me back. This is such shenanigans. You, I have been asking you to come back, and I you will. have been. Busy no, as a bee. Now I will come back. I'm done with this thing I've been working on starting tomorrow. Right. I'll, I would be honored to come on your show. Yes, please. I have s- been. I have been bugging you about and it. See you and see Ron and see Chris. Yeah, your buddy. Right. Yeah. 
He is my, I like him. I think he's super funny. Yeah. He makes me laugh so much. But I just think he's You're always just, chopping him down to size. But he's though. just not good with the He's just not good with the periscopes. You know, he could learn a lot from you. Yeah, well. I just that's why I'm really excited for you guys to be reunited, work together. Yeah. yeah. Make it happen. Chris Stanley's a total like Donald Trump would be just like his periscopes are not good. And he'd be like <laughs> his periscopes are he's a loser on periscope. Like he would just, right? Is that what? I'm not saying that. I'm saying Donald sounds Trump would say like, that. He'd be like, "Sounds like you are, though." Well, Chris Stanley's periscopes are totally—they're a total disaster. They're not good at all. My periscopes are the best. Look, he's gonna—I he, think he can learn a lot from you. I'll you're teach him. Very them. skilled uh, director. You know what you're doing. You can—you can teach him the ways. Yes. Of he, the craft. He just has to. That you've mastered. Relax. But that's not a conversation yes. for now. It's a conversation for another yes. day. It's another day. A day, hopefully, when you will uh, join us again. Yes. On Bennington. I will. Now, people can listen every weekday. Weekdays, noon east uh, on Sirius XM, channel 99, Raw Dog. Yes. And this Saturday. That's right. Um, GPS LA, which is a a music show that Ron Bennington and I do uh, first Saturday of every month. So it's going to be this Saturday. Um, and that is on Channel 27 Deep Tracks at 3 p.m. Okay. Yeah. And so everybody can listen to that. Yes. I want everybody to know also uh, the Simpsons, March 13th. Sharpling and Worcester on The Simpsons. That is so exciting. That's the craziest thing I ever? cannot even believe that that is yeah, happening. It's nuts. Are Don't you believe. so thrilled? Yeah. Be, uh, I cannot believe it. I've known about this for a long time. It's it's the coolest. It, so you, you did that a while back. You did it yeah. a long time ago, yes. But I couldn't say anything about it. I want to tell everybody, my friend Lance Bangs has Viceland. You can find out about that. And then there's the show Flophouse. Starring, amongst others, my other friend, Claire O'Kane. You can check that out at viceland.com. And the best show will be back next Tuesday. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back. Here is something from Mac McCann from his solo album, Non-Believers. Mac uh, and Superchunk played in the... uh, in the Sharpling Worcester Show in Durham. It was so much fun. Thank you, everybody who came out. I didn't even get to talk about the cop who pulled me over in the in the parking lot of the uh, trampoline store mini mall. That'll be half of next week's show. <laughs> if you, Why if did we not discuss that? Because I had so many great guests here. But let's listen to Box Batteries by Mac McCon, and we will be back next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye.